across the UK, online and on DAB. A new kind of talk radio. We'll get you talking. Talk radio. Thank you, Baldy. Thank you, The Tramp. Uh, back to normal services. Hey, tonight we'll play the um, Nicholas Parsons interview. The only interview I've ever heard with him where he talks about appearing on the Ed Sullivan show. Oh, yes. 0344 499 1000. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. services um, resume, normalish services resume, if there are any more um, breaking news about yesterday's events, then of course we will um, we will deal with them. Um, you just heard there the sad news that uh, an elderly gentleman um, who was uh, knocked down um, died. Tough guy, tough guy, knocking down old people and kids, you know, it's a real, real tough guy, the fellow that did it, you know, big, big man, big man, driving at old people and children, so... Um, I'm sure him and all the, um, cowardly, uh, arseholes in ISIS are, uh, really proud of themselves today, guys. Yeah, we got an old man and some children! Yes! Tough guys, tough guys, the ISIS crowd. Really, real, uh, 
real big men um, driving Land Rovers, elderly people and children. You know, really, uh, really tough guys. And um, they must be so proud of what they've achieved, <laughs> mustn't they? Oh, they must be so proud. I mean, yes, of course. It means that, um, that, that people like Katie Hopkins and Nigel Farage have been um, earning a few extra shekels. But, 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 you know, the tough guys driving old people and children. Wow. Absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean. Uh, thanks for your patience uh, with yesterday's show. Um, normalish services resume tonight. Normalish. Uh, I've, I've kind of, you know, got a normal sort of show lined up, and we, we'll play the interview that um, we did last week with Nicholas Parsons. It's brilliant. He talks about appearing on the Ed Sullivan show about six times, which I'd never heard before. Um, but of course, if we get any more breaking news, we shall, um, we shall let you know. We'll be keeping an eye on it. Okay. Okay. Um, you know the rules. We might have got some new listeners, um, tonight. We're getting new listeners all the time. Um, and you won't quite know what the rules are. So let me tell you. The rules are, I've got some stories from today's newspapers. I found some other stories. Um, and I will sit here for the next three hours, here every weeknight from ten till one, and I will go through them. And um, you are welcome to call in on those stories. You're welcome to call in on any of the little um, avenues and cul-de-sacs I wander down. Or, or, or... You can call in about anything you want. Anything you want. You can call in about yesterday if you want. I don't really want to go down the, um... No, you can call in, you can call in about yesterday if you want. And, and if you feel the need to call in... We'll, um, we'll, we'll see where you want to go. I, I was going to kind of set a couple of boundaries there, but, um, um, I don't, th- let me think about it. Should have thought about it before you came on air, you idiot. Yes, I know. I know. I've been busy. I was watching, um, One Husband, Three Wives, um, on Channel 4 about the Mormons, the Mormons, and, uh, they, um, have lots of wives. And it just looked exhausting, to be honest. It, it, it looked exhausting and stressful and um, uh, uh, thoroughly unpleasant. So, you can call in about anything you want. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, do you feel safe in London? Call me now. Should we arm the police? Call me now. Do you think we should have a ban on all Muslims entering the country? Call me. I'm not going to do that. It's not that kind of show. Um, and it got a little bit tense the last 30 minutes, the last 25 minutes of last night's show. And I think that's partly because of the two mics coming in and, um, and, and the two mics are brilliant, absolutely brilliant, but they, they, they create, um, they're, they're a completely different act to me. Um, and it just created a slightly different vibe. And I think that, um, it meant a couple of people could call in, um, and maybe they'd only heard that last, you know, the, the the two mics coming in and not the rest of the show. And so they felt they could call in and be a little bit pointed, a little bit arch. Um, it, it, God, I don't, I don't know how far to go with this. Um, I don't want to do a all Muslims are, uh, murderers. It's in the Quran. I don't want, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that because, um, and I know most of you don't think that, but I do know that there are one, two, three, four, five of you listening that do think that, 
And you're quite often people that call in this show and call in other shows. And I don't want to do that because, um, uh, partly for the same reasons yesterday, I don't want to start creating division. Now, yes, 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 of course, the bloke that did this b- believed he was doing it in the name of Islam. Okay, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. I, he would call himself a Muslim, right? But there is, there, there is radical extremism and there is, I, I, <laughs> I know, call me a snowflake cuck. I, I do believe in the moderate Muslim. I do, I do believe that the majority of Muslims are moderate. So I don't really... This isn't really the kind of show where I, I, I'm encouraging people to phone in and say this is a, this is a Muslim problem and the integration hasn't worked. And, uh, because I, I, I don't think it is entirely a Muslim problem. I do think integration has been successful in parts. Um, and I just don't want to create any more hatred. And there was, there was someone on, um, uh, 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 on a forum... Right, really long rambling post. The, the basic premise of it was um, that I should allow people to call in and, and if they wanted to make those points, then they should. And that should have been an outlet for people to phone in and say, you know, Islam is d- divisive and stuff like that. Um, no. No. Because you can get that pretty much on every other show not only on this station, but on the radio, with a few exceptions. With a few exceptions. And I'd like to keep it that way, if at all possible. I know lots of you are angry, I know some of you are scared, I know some of you aren't that bothered, and that's all fine. Um, But if you want to phone in, if you want to phone up a radio show and say... Um, you know, that the, the, the Islam is the problem and the um, integration doesn't work and the, we, this, we're at war with Muslims and um, all that stuff. Can I, I, I can give you a phone number you can call. I can give you a phone number you can call. The phone number, if you want to say all that stuff, is 0345 60 960973. Okay? They would love to hear all of that stuff. That's their raison d'etre. That's why they hire racists. Um, and there are shows on this station where you can do that as well. You, you, you jump for, just wait 12 hours. You can phone our phone number. But, 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 um, I want this show to um <clears throat> to not add to the division to not add to the fear that some are feeling to not add to the hatred and mistrust of people from foreign countries people who are different colors and or people who um worship different gods so um if you if you're thinking that you want to phone in and say that don't 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 phone my number because y- you will get short shrift and I'll I'll say that again later on in the show in case anyone turns up late um because I I don't want people to be well well I he said I could phone in and talk about anything and then when I phoned up to say the problem is is um Islam and there's no such thing as moderate muslims he cut me off I'm I'm just setting out my stall now that's not what this show is Okay, not what this show is at all. There are so many other places where y- you can find that. So many other places. Um, 
where where you can get that kind of stuff, okay? And I just felt towards the end of last night's show, um, maybe it was because the two mics came in and, and, and they created a different energy. Um, maybe it's because people just... I don't know why, but th- I just got the feeling of... Um, well, I didn't just get the feeling. I, I, no, I, I, okay, I picked up on one or two callers wanted to set their own agenda. It wanted to be divisive. And um, no, 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 thank you. No, thank you. Not here. That's um, that's not what we do here. I've spent a year. I've spent a year. Me and Catherine have spent a year trying, lurching from left to right and up and down and all over the place, feeling our way in the dark to try and create something that is unique and is not destructive and is not hate-filled and is not, um, uh, um, isn't your usual phone-in show where it's based on fear. Who is it? I don't know who it is. There's a radio host who says, or maybe it's Stephen Colbert, actually, who says, um, if we ain't scared you, we ain't doing our job properly. I don't want, I don't want... To scare you. I'm happy to point at the, 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 the coward that drove the Land Rover and laugh at him and point at him and call him a coward for driving um, a, a massive 4 by 4 at old people and children. I'm, I'm happy to call him out as a coward and, and uh, you know, a scumbag and all of that. But I don't, I don't want to create any more divisions in this country that are already there. Maybe it's naive. You know, maybe it's hippy-dippy stuff, and I know some of you hate that. Some of you hate... Some of you get very angry. Well, don't get angry. You've got so many other outlets to um, to feed your hatred and, and, and to nurture your um, fear. And there's all of that... You know, there are shows you can phone in, and you can slag off all the Muslims you want, right? That's all Muslims. It's all Muslims. So, uh, all Muslims... Uh, so many places you can do that. So allow us, please. Allow us. A three-hour window on a digital radio station that isn't listened to by that many people. Allow us a three-hour window, please. Once a night. Where we can kind of turn our back on that hatred and that finger-pointing and, and all of that. Is that all right? Is that all right? If it's not all right, switch off. Or listen and get angry. I'm, you know, I'm cool with that. Um, but if it's all right, shall we play? Shall we play? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Alan, come to you after this. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night, Ian Lee. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Okay, let's go to, um, um, Mark. Evening, Ian. Good evening, Mark. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good. Um, I, I was sort of, uh, thinking about what you were saying. I was, I was thinking more about, sort of, you know, how you can resolve differences between people oh. and... And, you know... Solutions as opposed to problems? What? Exactly, and... My suggestion is communal table tennis tables, because whenever I've had an argument with my missus, we resolve it over the table tennis table. What, but now when you, I'm assuming you're playing table tennis and not, y- not y- bending... Y- yes. yes. Okay. No. Yes. Because, um, I, 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 it, 
you know, it kind of relaxes you. It takes the stress out of the situation. And, you know, it, 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 the thing is, you get communal table tennis. Whereabouts do you live, Mark? Uh, in Hertfordshire. In, because uh, in London, and in, in other, I've seen it in other big cities, they have table tennis tables in parks. I think they introduced it about five or six years ago. Okay. Um, and they're out there. So, it, it, but yes, Mark, you could be onto something. I, I remember them from French exchange trips so, oh. you know, years ago. And you'd, you'd see these concrete table tennis tables. It's like, wow, what a great idea. Maybe that's where we got it from then. I, I, I don't know if it... It may even have been a Ken Livingston thing in London. And then it's kind of spread. I'm sure I've seen them in Manchester and Liverpool. Um, yeah, they're there. They're, they're, they're there. The thing is, I, um, I don't really, um, I'm not very good at table tennis, because it looks easy, but it's actually very, very difficult, isn't it? Well, that, but that's the beauty of it. I mean, everyone can play, you know, you, you, you can play as a youngster, you can play as a, yeah. as a, as a pensioner. It's, it's yeah. not a complex game, but it has its, you know, levels and its layers. Yeah, mainly it's about fun, isn't it? Well, I tell you what, uh, and this is by pure coincidence, I forgot to mention this, we got two, um, two Chinese fellas in tonight, and they're playing table tennis throughout the entire show this evening. You can probably hear them in the background. Yeah, well, it sounds like a good rally. It does sound. Um, and I tell you what, Mark, this is what we'll do, and this is great, and this is, because I would have forgotten to mention those guys, and it would have just sounded weird. (laughs) What we'll do, we'll have these two gentlemen, whose names will come to me in a bit, just don't want the names to sound too racist, um, they will, um, uh, Wang and his friend, they will, um, play table tennis all night, And we'll see at one o'clock, just before one o'clock, we'll see if the country is a bit more united. Well, I I hope it works. Fingers crossed, Mark. Good luck. Thank you, mate. It's an excellent suggestion. 0344 499... Yep, still going? Yep. 0344 499 1000. We'll have them playing all night. Um, (laughs) and uh, we'll see, we'll, we'll see. Hip, 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 there he is. Uh, anniversary for me tonight. Sorry? It's a year to the day that I made my first call to this station. Why didn't you make your call on the first night? Because I didn't call on the Monday. And I didn't know about you till the Wednesday. Uh, well, hang on a minute. Oh, no, today's the 23rd. I'll give you that. Um, well, it, happy anniversary, Alan. Uh, we, we were talking about the collapse of BHS a year ago. Wow. Where's the year Now gone? we're talking about the, the, the collapse of my mind. Where's the year gone? Well, it's, 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 um, there are some cultures that don't see time as linear. They see it as like, um, a piece of string, right? And if you throw a piece of string, you get a piece of string and kind of scrunch up and then throw it on the table. You'll get like a sort of curved shape. Yeah. And some bits are. Have I lost you, Alan? No. Well, no, okay. I it's a shame because I've, I've, I've confused myself already. And some bits are closer. This is actual proper scientific theory I'm talking about here. This might be Einstein. I'm not sure. I think it's Einstein. Yeah. So you get a bit of, bit of string, right? And you sort of scrunch it together. And so some. And, it, and the string is time, okay? Yeah. The string is time. And if you scrunch it together, some bits of... Or am I talking about wormholes? Yeah, wormholes! That's it! 
Black- like Star Trek. If you go through a black hole, uh, Einstein thought it would bend, it would, it was like a bit of string. So you've got some string, Alan. Yeah. Have you got any string there? Yes, I have. Have you? Could you toss it? Yeah. Um, totally am. It's landing on the floor. Why have you got string there? Because you're best out string just in case. Okay. Describe the pattern the string has formed on the floor. It's formed. Uh, you got one end sticking out, and then a figure of eight, yeah. and then comes out the other end. Right. Well, that's a. The, what, what you've got there, Alan, is a black hole. Hope that clears things up for you. Thanks very much indeed. 03444991000 is the telephone number. We're on Periscope tonight, guys. You can watch the show live. Um, and some of you, uh, crazy cats, have worked out how to um, stream. We can't, unfortunately, you can't see the two uh, Chinese lads playing tennis because there's just not room to move the camera around and keep me in. But they are, they, you can hear them playing. Um... And some of you have worked out, but if you go to periscope.tv slash Ian Lee, some of you have worked out how to um, get the image from your phone or your um, tablets and get it on your telly. That's, that's weird, isn't it? I mean, that is a weird, a weird thing to want to do. But yet some of you, some of you have done this. There was a brilliant... 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. There was a brilliant video on Twitter yesterday. Um, and I, <laughs> I went on Twitter today and I really thought, right, I'm just going to post nice stuff on Twitter because there was so much of this, you know, this hatred and finger pointing and, and, and send them back, send them back, all of that kind of stuff going on. And I thought, right, and I, and I said, I'm, I'm only going to post nice stuff today. Oh, it went half hard. And I failed miserably. I failed miserably. I, uh, I, got, I, I got a little bit political. Then I ended up arguing with someone who sent me a rude email. And it just, oh, goodness gracious me. Still, t- tomorrow's going to be another day. So tomorrow, I will try again with, um, with Twitter. And I do that, that lovely thing, honestly. Of deleting all of my tweets. It's so freeing. It's so um, refreshing. I interviewed the guy, Russian guy. I think his name is Alexei Pajitnov. I think that's his name. That's a real name, Catherine. Don't, don't pull the face like you did when I said Wang. Alexei Pajitnov, um, I think is the name of the gentleman that it created, invented Tetris. Right? I think that's his name. I interviewed him, and um, it's a really. It, there's a whole book about the history of Tetris. It's fascinating because he he invented it when he was working in Russia when it was the Soviet Union. Um, so of course um, he never made a penny from it because all the money went to the Soviet Union, and then loads of people thought they'd bought the rights to it and Robert Maxwell thought he owned it and he released it on the Spectrum. Oh, oh this it's a fascinating story. And I asked Alexi, he ended up eventually defecting to um to America and working at Microsoft. In fact, Catherine, Alexi Pajitnov, see if you can find him. See if we'll get him on one night. Say I interviewed him in about two thousand for a documentary for Channel Four. Um and um I said to him, why and Tetris was huge. It, it, it's hard to, to think now. Tetris was massive. The reason 
the Game Boy, the first Game Boy, the black and white Game Boy was so successful. You know the reason why it was so successful? Because it came free with Tetris. Don't tell me he's died. He's not died, is he? It came free. Oh, you got, I'm sorry, it, you, you got Tetris free with the Game Boy. So everyone was playing Tetris. And, uh, uh, and it was a phenomenon, an actual phenomenon. Dun, 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 dun. And I said, Alexi, why do you think this really simple, slightly annoying game is so addictive? So addictive. And he said, I've, been th- I've, I've given this a lot of thought, right? And this is my reason for Tetris being so, so successful. Um, when you're bad at Tetris, it's a picture of your mistakes. The screen filling up is a picture of your errors and your mistakes, okay? When you clear three, four, five lines, when you get it, that is you tidying everything up. And because it's it, because it can, you can go on forever, it's infinite. Um, it, it is satisfying to clear up your mistakes and clear up your errors. And that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of my attitude now to Twitter. At the end of the day, I can clear up my mistakes. I can clear up my errors. I can clear up my um, the, the kind of half thoughts that I've had, my unfinished sentences. My, I can clear them all away and start again. Start again. Isn't that refreshing? I tried to delete... I've got a Facebook page, if you want to come and join me. It's facebook.com slash Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E-E. It's a really fun place to hang out. And um, I tried to delete all of the Facebook posts on that page. And there is no automatic way of doing it. There are a couple of programs that claim to do it, but uh, um, the, 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 the two that I tried weren't particularly good. They got rid of a significant portion of my Facebook posts, but there, there was still a huge, slightly random number that were left. Um, and I just like the idea of just tidying up at the end of the day or, or, or first thing in the morning, clearing up my mess. My Who calls them, um, calls them brain farts? That, is that a Vonnegut thing? I don't know if it is a Vonnegut thing, but, but brain farts. Clearing them all up and starting again. I'd love to be able to go to my Facebook page. Not, not my private one, because I don't use it. I unfriended nearly everybody. But the, the, the facebook.com slash Ian Lee, the page I use to promote, you know, gigs and stuff. And it just to be blank. Just to be blank. A blank canvas. Do you remember, um, about six years ago, Facebook looked completely different, didn't it? We'll start the show in a minute. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to dip in, um, f- Facebook looked completely different six years ago. And do you remember they um, th- an update came out to Facebook that changed, and I can't remember what it was, but at the time it was the most important thing in the world. It just changed the way. Look, I know there have been a few, but there was one about six or seven years ago that that fundamentally changed how Facebook looked. And everybody, everybody was in uproar. I hate this change. This update is outrageous. How dare they 
change something, I will never... This is what pe- people were saying. I will never use Facebook again. They have betrayed me with this update. Can anyone remember what the change was? No, of course not. Of course not. Can anyone remember what the change was? No, no. Because it was assimilation. We've got used to it. Is assimilation the right word? Probably, probably. Or maybe not. Again, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. Remember that, um, dear listener. Um, I'm talking rubbish, and I shall continue to talk rubbish. Um, I was going to tell you a story about the Pope. I will do in a second. Oh, three. I suspect it'll be quite quiet on the phones tonight, and, and that, that's fine. You know, it was a weird day yesterday, and that, the show might have scared some people away. The show I'm doing tonight might have scared some people away, because some people might still want a bit more of a newsier thing, so they might have gone elsewhere. That's brilliant. That's fine. You know, I'm, th- these are the shows I get paid for, guys. Oh, three, four, four. 499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. You'll speak to Catherine, she'll take your name and number and call you st- straight back. It will cost you hardly anything. Don't forget to tick your Rajar Diaries. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0344-499-1000 is the um, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome. I'm expecting it to be fairly quiet on the phone tonight, and that's groovy. Good news, good news, good news. Fans of rap music and condiments uh, in May, I think it's in May, Salt and Pepper are coming on the show. Not a pre-recorded interview. We're not doing it on the phone. They're going to be sat, Salt's going to be sat there, and Pepper's going to be sat there. I don't know where N's going to sit, maybe on the sofa, but they are coming in to the studio. Salt and pepper, dear listener. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you can. Yeah, so there was a, a video that was doing the rounds yesterday, and it was a cracking little video, and um, it's popped up in the papers today. You know the Pope? Right, I, don't, I don't know what Pope we're on now. I, I lose... I lose um, but Pope John Paul II, for me, for me, as a non-Catholic um, atheist, um, Pope John Paul II, for me, is the Pope. And I think we've had, we're on the second or third, were we on the third one since then? Were we, are we on the third one since Pope John Paul II? I think we are. He was the proper Pope. He was the one that came out, kissed the floor, had the Pope-mobile, did all the work. He was the proper Pope. And there was a picture in Marino's, the hairdressers, on the Farnham Road in Slough. There was a picture of Marino um, greeting the Pope. Not in his shop. I don't think the Pope ever had his hair cut in Slough. Um, I'd li- I like the Pope's clothes. That kind of white sort of tunic cloak kind of thing. It's got buttons on, hasn't it? I like that. He has like a white sort of long tunic and a little sort of those half cardigans that girls wear, the little half cardigans. Well, don't call me a cassock. You, your cassock. Oh, so, I, sorry, Catherine, I do apologise. Um, and the um, the little beanie, the, the beanie hat, isn't it? Um, well, look at this girl. She's going to hell. Have you, did you see the video, Kath? Oh, it's brilliant. So the Pope's going around doing the rounds, right? <laughs> doing the rounds. And he's going up, you know, kissing people and stuff. And so this dad holds up his little girl. She's got to be, it will say here, I'm going to say, I'm going to guess three. Um, 
I'm going to say three. And so the, he holds, holds up his little girl so the Pope can kiss her or whatever. I don't know. She grabs his hat, pulls it off. And fair play to the Pope, right? He, he bursts out laughing. He is in hysterics. And it's, it's such a charming... It's such a charming little video. You'll find it on YouTube, and it was on Twitter yesterday. Loads of people retweeting it. Um, he finds it hilarious in only... The, and I'm sure she finds it hilarious in the way... The only way that, um, that, that only a young child and an old man can communicate. You know what I mean? The, the, the young child and an old man have got... Um, there is a unique way... They communicate. It's 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 unlike anything else. It doesn't have to be a granddad or a grandma. It, 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 there's just something special about a really small child and a really old man. And and the, and that video captures it. And it's proper. He's proper genuine laughing out loud. I mean, he's not rolling on the floor. You know, he's not like he's going to see Ricky Gervais live or something. And he's wet. He's not that. But he's having a proper chuckle. I mean, he's probably put a hex on her and condemned her to, to, to um, eternal damnation. This is the moment. A ch- uh, there we go. Three. A cheeky three-year-old girl girl steals the Pope's hat. Find the video on, and have a look. It's, only, it's about five seconds long, right? And for God's sake, someone's filmed it. I believe it's been filmed in portrait. I believe it has been filmed in portrait mode. When will we learn? If you think that you want to film a bit of news, whatever it may be, light or or heavy, please, guys, just turn your camera. What does your TV look like? What is your TV? Is your TV a big rectangle that points upwards? No. When you go to the pictures, what does the cinema screen look like? Does it look like a big rectangle that points upwards? No, no. It's a big rectangle, both big rectangles, and they go sideways don't they they go sideways so you've got your phone turn it to like a tv to turn it to a cinema screen that's all you've got to do that is all you've got to do people that um god gosh uh people that um that film things uh in portrait mode i've got i've got very very little there are very little time for you guys, very little time. Um, this is the moment a cheeky three-year-old girl steals the Pope's hat. Estella Westrick was taken to see the pontiff at his weekly audience at the Vatican yesterday. She was lifted up by her godfather. Wow, you're about to hear the best name ever. Mountain Buterak. His first name is Mountain. His his first name is Mountain. His last name is Buterak. The, the, the only name cooler than that is Arthur Fonzarelli. She was lifted up by her godfather, Mountain Buterak, after being called forward by a security guard. Little did that security guard know... But as His Holiness kissed her on the cheek, she reached up and took his cap, known as a beanie. Pope Francis, 80, laughed, and Estella was seen on video smiling as he reclaimed his cap and put it back on. Her family are on holiday from Atlanta, USA, and and visit her godfather, Mr. Buterak, who lives in Rome, or Mountain, as I'm going to call him from now on. 
He said, before she went up, she was a little nervous. Then she stole his hat. It was hilarious. Everyone was laughing, including the Pope. Um, Estella's parents were initially horrified. (laughs) I can just imagine my boys doing that. Although my boys would get, like, chocolate fingers on his white coat. That's what they do, chocolate fingers. No, you don't know if it's chocolate with them, lads. Seriously, I caught them doing... Here we go. So I've got seven and five. And um, my five-year-old came out of school with a little plastic Scooby-Doo, and we went and had a. It, he went and had some cake and a drink in, in in Costa, and we went off and had to do a bit of shopping, and then uh, we got back in the car, and he said, "I've lost my Scooby-Doo." I was like, so we went and picked up the eldest from school, and we drove back, and uh, luckily where I parked, I still had four minutes left on the 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 ticket, so we parked it again. I said, "Right, we're going to do a mercy dash to Costa." But I'm telling you now, son, it will be thrown away. Okay, that, and you may not have even left it there because we went to loads of shops. We got to Costa. We ran downstairs. It had gone, and I was going to walk out. Right, and I thought, no, they they sort of know me in there because I go in there quite a lot. And I said, look, I, this is, I know what the answer is going to be. You've not found a tiny little plastic two inch Scooby Doo, have you? And the guy went. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we picked that up. I got it. And he pulled it out. And my boy's face was beaming. Was beaming. Because he got his Scooby-Doo back. So we went home. And we were watching Horrible Histories. I'm a shouty man. It's their favourite thing. I'm a shouty man. And um, my youngest said, Daddy, can I go? Are you typing messages on my screen? Because I'm not seeing them. Okay. Okay. Are you doing... You're updating your Facebook status. I apologise. I was going to apologise, Catherine. Um, so, um... He said, Daddy, can I go out to the car? It was parked on the... We've got a driveway and then there are some bushes. He said, can I go out to the car and get my Scooby-Doo? I went, yeah, of course you can, son. It's unlocked. So he opened the door, went out, and um, and I was sort of pottering around, c- cooking the supper and stuff, and it, it, it went out. And I just sort of walked past the front door and I saw him run off. I saw him run off. So I watched it. Right. I saw, I saw him run off with his trousers around his bum and his pants... I went, um, excuse me, mister. What do you think you're doing? Nothing, nothing. He had his willy out. Nothing. I said, you're not going for a wee in the front garden, are you? But people could say, bushes, but people could say, you're not going for a wee. He went, yes, yes. I went, and I just started laughing. I said, what are you doing that for? You've walked past the toilet. What are you doing that for? He said, don't know. I said, do you do this very often? He said, no. I said, look, I, 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 I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I think it's hilarious, right? But I want some answers. How often? Do, have you done this before? He goes, yeah, I do it sometimes. I said, when was the last time you did it? We worked out he'd done it about five days ago, although his concept of days is not brilliant. Um, And he's done it a few times. And I said, look, right, I'm not angry, okay? <laughs> if you really want to go out for a wee in the garden, right, I'd rather you didn't, but could you do it in the back garden where it's a bit more discreet? And I think he was cool with that. But he wanted to have a wee in the front garden. I said, you could, look, I'd rather you didn't, but I don't actually mind if you do it in the... And then I said, you've not done a poo out there, have you? And he went, no. So that was, that was something. Anyway, I don't know why I was talking about that. 0344 499 1000. Late night, Ian Lee. On air and off the on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0344 499 1000. Estella's parents were initially horrified. 
but later found the incident funny. Mr. Buterak said the family had arrived hours before the Pope's appearance to secure a good spot. He tweeted, took my goddaughter to meet the Pope. She stole his hat. I mean, that is, that is brilliant, isn't it? That's what it's all about. That's, that's what it's all about. Um, it, I, I, we've just, um, Kath is, uh, if you're following me or Kath on Twitter, she's just tweeted the, um, the, uh, the clip in question, if, uh, you want to. Uh, the, the ping pong, uh, ping pong, I was going to say ping pong pang. The ping pong game is going on afoot. We had a, a, a caller early on in the show. Maybe one of only two callers we're going to get this evening. And I'm cool with that, guys. I'm cool with that. Um, who thought that the best way to bring this country together again um, is via the medium of table tennis. Where do they call... Which country, Catherine, do they call table tennis whiff-waff? There's a... There's a con- it's not France, then? No, I don't think so. There's a country where they call it... Um, and I realise I just stopped halfway through saying that word on the first sentence. There's a country where they call it whiff-waff. Is there? I'm sure there is, Yes. I'm 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 confident. Do you want me to research that? Well, I mean, research is. Um, you Google that. Yes, thanks. Yeah, thanks. And then can then can you, like, do some fake phone calls for me, please? <laughs> you do, do. How many do you want? Um, just three. Okay. Three fake phone calls would it. would do it for me, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And there is somewhere, isn't it, where they call it whiff-waff. Not France, then. Whiff-waff. Where is it? Maybe I'm going to say France. I'm going to say the French call it whiff waff. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, hey guys, and I say this to all of um, you, you junkies out there listening: don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Okay. There's a new drug. Well, it's not even a drug. I don't even know what this is. I don't understand the world anymore. I'm a very old man, and I am not meant to understand the world of um, highs anymore. Um, this is... Oh, why have they stopped playing? Guys, carry on playing, for goodness sakes. Thank you. Dearie me. Um... This is, I mean, this is incredible, right? And it, it, but it's, it's kind of funny because it's stupid, but it's also really upsetting because it's stupid. What kids are doing? Oh, is the phone? Is the switchboard broken? Is it? Or is no one phoning? <laughs> Maybe. If if the switchboard isn't broken, could you tell me it is just to make me feel better about myself? That would be good to play. Youngsters are risking their lives by inhaling. Now, can you guess what it is that people are inhaling to cop a buzz? Anybody? Anybody? It's the toxic fumes from burning wheelie bins. Yay! They're setting fire to wheelie bins because um, the toxic stuff that comes off it is getting them high. Jeez. I mean, right, the knee-jerk reaction is, uh, hey, aren't they stupid? But, you know, um, if this is actually happening, and I always take drug stories 
in tabloid newspapers um i always take them with you know half a pound of salt because um a lot of it is very sensationalist a lot of it is very um well they want to sell papers and they want to make the story as big and as exciting as they possibly um can make it um so i'm never i never quite believe the, the, the drug stories in newspapers. Never quite believe them. Uh, no, it's working. It's just no one's calling him. Okay. Well, I was, I was holding out that maybe, um, it was uh, a technical fault that was, uh, causing you lot not to call in. Maybe the technical fault is my mouth. The switchboard is working. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, but I remember um, kids. Well, well, I remember kids sniffing glue, and, and um, I saw some kids not that long ago, maybe last year or the year before, near where I live, um, in quite in quite a nice part of town, but a very quiet part of town. And they were sat by the river on a bench, sniffing um, lighter gas, sniffing lighter gas. And I walked past it with my wife and kids. No one else saw it apart from me, but. It was they were doing it quite blatantly. We walked past them one way, and then we came back twenty minutes. They were still there, and I I, I sent my family on their way, and I just went out a word with them. I said I said guys, right? And I I said something along the lines of they're like in their teens, right? And I went up to them and said something along the lines of guys, listen, I used to like getting high as much as the next person. <laughs> There's a forty. Well, what was I then? But a bloke in his early forties coming up to them, going, hey. Guys, look, I used to like getting high as much as the next person. And then I discovered Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's what it was like. I didn't say the Jesus Christ bit, but I did say, I said, guys, look, I used to enjoy getting high as much as the next person, right? But that stuff you're sniffing is, um, is I think I said, crap. That stuff you're sniffing is crap. And also, please, if, you, if you're going to do it, right, don't do that. Do something else. But if you're going to do it, don't do it where my kids can watch it. That was the point I was getting. I said, don't do it where my kids can see it. Please, you know, just have a bit of respect. Um, and they, they were cool with that. They were down with that. I went for the high five. They left me hanging. That's absolutely fine. That is absolutely fine. I gave them, I had a couple of spare Bibles and I gave them, um, asked if anyone wanted to join in in a group prayer. And no, they didn't. Um, but it's, you know, I mean, that stuff just, just kills your brain, man. It just kills your brain. Um, youngsters are risking their lives. So actually, this is, you know, knee-jerk reaction, ho, 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 it's funny. Um, but actual reaction is, um, it's, it's a bit sad and pathetic and it's a bit stupid. I haven't got an out time, by the way. Thank you. Um, youngsters are risking their lives by inhaling toxic fumes from burning wheelie bins to get a short high police have described it as the current drug of choice pc jonathan reed of south south yorkshire police added yorkshire what i'm I'm from yorkshire is that yorkshire accent is that a yorkshire accent Police added, the health and safety implications are terrible. It is only a matter of time before someone harms themselves. Anti-solvent abuse charities warned the trend could be more dangerous than sniffing petrol. Sniffing petrol? What? Sniffing petrol? That's a thing? Flippin' X. Stephen Ream of Resolve said, it sounds like it would make you sick before you get high. It would be toxic. 
One waste management firm has reported its bins being torched in Wolverhampton, Hull, Swindon and Glasgow. Mark Hall of Business Way said, Idiots are stealing wheeled bins. Who calls them wheeled bins? They're wheelie bins, Mark Hall. Wheeled bins. They're wheelie bins for crying out loud. Idiots are stealing wheeled bins from outside homes and businesses, taking them to waste grounds or parks and torching them for whatever kicks they can derive. The only thing you get from bin sniffing is a headache, melted soles on your trainers, and all your clothes smell like a campfire. I'm not convinced this is a real thing, and it's in in most of the papers. So what I'm I'm imagining, my old BBC head is um, kicking into gear. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. Um... Uh, is that this Resolve anti-drugs charity have put out a thing saying wheelie bins are um, being sniffed. Um, I don't know if I buy that. I can imagine, I can understand the visceral thrill of watching a wheelie bin burn and melt. I'm not saying do it, of course don't do it. I can understand why that would be exciting. Burning things are exciting. Um, But I don't know if I necessarily buy the... um, sniffing it to get a buzz i don't know i don't know um oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand we're playing table tennis or whiff waff for peace uh this evening you're more than welcome to join in you can give us a call if you want if you don't want to call in that's absolutely fine um but before the end of the show though we're going to have Nicholas Bloody Parsons, and I call him that as well, talking about his appearances on the Ed Sullivan Show. You ain't heard nothing like it. Talk Radio. Truth, guys. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You'd be more than welcome to. You can call in about absolute. Oh, now you call in! Cleo and Glenn and Paul, up yours. You've made me... I'm tempted not to let those three on. They've made me work for the last 45 minutes. You apps, you complete and utter bastards. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farrah. I've never been with anything less than a man so fine. I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone past with a girl named Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a death-defying life I lead. I take my chances. I die for living in the movies and TV. But the hardest thing I ever do is watch my leading ladies kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee. I might fall from a tall building, I might roll a brand new car. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman that made Redford such a star. I've never spent much time in school, but I taught ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown man. 
Three four 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 nine nine one thousand. A little bit of fun on Periscope. A little bit of fun. Um, it's funny when the, 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 I don't really like Periscope uh, for the show. I, I think radio should be something you listen to. I think it should be something you listen to. You're in bed or you're driving or you're whatever. I think you should listen to it. Um, and I don't really like watching it, but that's my personal thing. But I'm also aware that we are now a year and two days old and there hasn't been that much advertising. And that by me streaming it on Periscope and putting, a, you've got to try and put a really interesting title, right? Um, that gets people from all over the world. And the last few times I've done it, it's got this absolute fruitcake from the United States of America, GDM underscore rocks is his Twitter handle. Absolute fruitcake. He's, he's, he, the Jesuits did it. The Jesuit. I don't even know what that really means, but the Jesuits did it. And he keeps posting quite obnoxious stuff on, on Periscope. And he, I saw him. I saw he popped up, right? And I missed, you can block people. Right? When they come up, you can block them. And I saw he posted something. And I tried to block him and missed it. And I said, "Oh, that Jesuits guy is 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 on here. Oh man, he's he's too good for me. I'm never going to be able to. Um, I keep missing his posts. So that, of course, his ego suddenly went badoing, badoing, badoing. So he started posting. He posted ha ha ha, and then about a dozen smiley emoticons, which is exactly what I want him to do. So then I could I can tap on his name and then block him." And he's muted on Twitter. We'd be spouting stuff. And I said, phone in, man. Phone in. And we have had, not for a while, actually. But we have had um, people from... Oh, I'll tell you what we'll do tomorrow. We'll do a, a Periscope love bar. Should we do that tomorrow? Um, we have had people calling in from all over the world. And you can call in from all over the world. What's the international dialing code for us, Catherine, type it on the screen. Type in our full phone number with the international dialing code, please. Because you can, if you're watching abroad, you can call in. And we will call you back. You need to call in, make contact with us. We will we will call you back. So it won't cost you too much. So if you're from abroad, 0044-344-499-1000. If you're in England, 0344-499-1000. If you're abroad, 0044 Three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Leave that up because I'll type that up on my Twitter thing as well. Um, and it, honestly, you'll, you'll you'll be on the phone for about a minute, and then Catherine will call you back. So it won't cost you that much. Um, and I said to this gentleman yesterday, he was he was, he was on the uh, Periscope and on Twitter. I said, "Why don't you call in, man? Call in because this is, I think, the only show that gives um, the same amount of time and respect." to absolute fruitcakes as it does to, to experts. Y- you know, I mean, we had some great experts on yesterday who were treated with the same respect and the same um, level of interest as the fella that um, thought the earth was hollow, as the flat earthers, as I treat Nicholas Parsons as 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 I'm gonna um, treat Glenn and Paul. Cleo, I'll, I'll destroy him because he deserves it. But um, but everyone gets the same thing, and and and, and this is true. And I really want to get this across that if you have an alternative point of view, if you have an alternative um, outlook on the world, you're welcome on. I'll challenge it to a certain extent. But I'm just keen to hear it. So if you're calling from the UK. Oh three 
0344-499-1000. If you're calling from abroad, 0044-344-499-1000. You see? Um, let's go to Glenn. Evening, Glenn. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm a little bit windy, Pops, because I'm drinking coffee during the show, which I'm not meant to do. But there you go. How much coffee? I think this is my um, first cup during the show, actually. But I've, I've had too much coffee today. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm just typing the international number onto Twitter for, for foreigners. That's, that's, that's bad. Too much coffee is bad. There is, it makes it, your guts it, rot. It, it, what? It makes your guts rot. Would you, what, what do you mean? Like, well, it, it, it makes you ill. Well, hang on a minute. You've, well, you've gone from rotting guts to ill. I reckon if I push you a bit more, you, you, you'll just say it keeps you awake at night. Um, yeah, it does that too. Yeah, but that's yeah. not rotting guts. That's not because your guts are rotting. No, it's because your brain is um, sort of going mm. a little bit wild. Yeah, you know? but, but the... Um, here's, here's, here's an interesting thing. Right, here's an interesting thing. Catherine, you'll find this interesting. Yeah. There is no... Su- you, you know, um... You know kids, right? They eat sugar, they go nuts, right? They go absolutely nuts, yeah? Drink sugary drinks, they go nuts, right? You know that, Glenn? Yeah, the Simpsons episode when, um... When Homer feeds Flanders kids the sugar and they've never had sugar anymore and they all go mental. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, if you're going to... Yeah, you use that. I use, you know, and Catherine, you know this. If you give kids... You... There is no scientific evidence to back that up. There is no scientific evidence that backs up, that proves giving sugar to kids drives them mental. There's none. There is none. You've seen it Though you've seen it with your own eyes, have I? Though you know it's true. Have I? Have I seen it with my own eyes? Well, how, how many times have you given them? I don't know, like tangy sweets or something like that, and then like have you just googled like, it, Kath? Uh, uh, well, here's the thing, right? My boys, they don't like fizz, <laughs> they don't like fizzy drinks. So, some very occasionally, if we're out for a meal, I'll have a coke because I don't drink booze, so I'll have, I'll, I'll order three, I, I like to have three drinks with a meal. A cold glass of tap water, uh, milky coffee, and, um, it'll either be a Sprite or a Coke, right? And so it comes, and the boys say, what's that? And I say, oh, it's, I used to call it medicine, but now I say, oh, it's, it's, it's a, a fizzy drink. It's a Coke, would you like some? And they say, oh, is it fizzy? So yeah, I said, oh no. Oh no, don't like fizzy, and they don't like fizzy drinks. It's amazing. When I was their age, I was necking Tizer and Seven Ups and all of that stuff. God, when I was seven, I think I was necking cider. Flipping heck, Glenn! I thought it was, I thought it was a pop. I thought it was fizzy pop. Sorry? You thought it I was thought... fizzy pop? I remember my Uncle Dennis, who was a bit of a bad boy. He was a nice man, actually, but he was a bit of a naughty boy. And um, I must have been... I must have been eight, and my cousin, it was my cousin Lee, who was, I think it's about three years younger than me, he was six, and it was the days, we, we used to go and visit my, my grandparents in London, and it, uh, they used to, my dad and all the men would go to this horrible little boozer on, um, Hillingdon Street in South East London, it was on the corner, horrible little boozer, you get, and kids weren't allowed in, so me and my cousins would li- just stand outside, it was on a street, it wasn't like a, pu- a 
but, uh, did, pub... did you have a bag of, bag of crisps? A bag of crisps, bag of crisps and a coke. It wasn't a beer garden or anything. We just stand outside it, yeah, on I, the street... I, I, I know the thing, yeah. I, and yeah, once I my that. Uncle Dennis came out with some lemonade for Lee, and he said, Lee, I've got, got you some lemonade. Lee was about six or seven. And so, a glass of lemonade. So Lee, ne- Lee necked it, right, and then puked up on the street. And all the adults started, including my dad and the Uncle Dennis, they started wetting themselves. <laughs> he went, nah, it's, it's, it's gin and tonic, son. Flipping it! He was and he necked it and puked up. It was it was the funniest thing. You try doing that now, Glenn. You try doing that now. I came from a little village, and um, you know we used to have sort of um, sort of parties, and all the kids were sort of involved, and yes. it, it just sort of as the adults got more and more drunk, they'd, they'd try the kids with a little bit, you know. Yeah, 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 and you know. I remember sort of Christmas Eve, we used to go to um, Christmas Mass. Not that we believed in God, it was just part of the village, you know? Yeah. It was part of the community and that. And I remember being a kid up there with all the adults singing the carols and like singing all the wrong words to all. And falling about laughing with, with everyone. It was, you know, it was, it was quite cool. Um, I, well, it was, it was the dumb thing. And my um, father-in-law... Whenever he has a glass of wine, I, I think it's only wine, we'll kind of um, um, try and offer it to the boys. And we go, P- please, don't, no, don't, just, just, you know, just don't. And I understand it. And I, you know, used to sip bits of my dad's beer and stuff. But then look how I turned out. <laughs> I don't want them, you know. Anyway. Anyway, Glenn. Ian, Ian yes. anyway. So yes. The point was, right, there's two points, really. One was... I've followed you since the 11 o'clock show with Daisy. Yes. Do you remember Daisy popping balloons behind old politicians to try and make them have a heart attack? I don't remember that, no. I remember her going out and um, um, I think it was a little feature called Daisy Says or Daisy Does, um, and she would go and vox pop and stuff, and I remember them being very funny, but I don't remember that specific one, no. Right, okay, that did happen. Okay, um, no, I bel- I'm, sh- I'm sure it did. We were crazy. <laughs> Um, the other thing was, yes. uh, like, sort of talking about your sort of preamble yeah. to the show. Yeah. If everyone's got the chip, the chip off their shoulder, and this is like everyone, like religious, feminist, whatever, <laughs> if everyone just lost the bloody chip off their shoulder, then surely we'll get on a little better, you know? Well, you, you're, no. Actually, make a good point. If everybody, the feminists, the, um, the homosexuals, the trans. Well, if everyone I got rid of, I if, don't care. No, I exactly. Really do not care. No, of course you don't. Of course you don't, Glenn. If everyone just got their chips off their shoulders, then why? There wouldn't be any any anger. Against no, there wouldn't. There wouldn't. There wouldn't. Because and and people like you and me, Glenn, we would thrive. White middle-aged <laughs> men, we heterosexual white middle-aged men, we would thrive, Glenn. We would thrive like we have done for centuries until these women and these homosexuals and these people that have have suffered, um, you know, um, discrimination for centuries until they started to want to be equal with me and you, Glenn. What no, the hell is that no, all about? No, 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 That's no, 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 insane. No, the fact is that we all are. Okay, well, you tell that. I really do not care what no, people. I know you don't. I know you don't. And I know you don't, Glenn, because uh, you are a white, heterosexual, middle-aged man. If so you that are, means I'm secure, is it? 
I'm it, secure in the fact that it, I no, have no, this no. opinion that... No, 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 but you, you mentioned feminists, and I thought that was odd, because um, you try doing the same job you're doing and take a 30% pay cut. I wouldn't mind that. Well, no, you would, but, but be sensible. You would, and, and and that is what a lot of women still, still... That's, that's, that's an actual fair point, Ian. I know honest. it is, because I'm good at this, and, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> yes, reason I, that I, we... I, we yeah, have... I, I listen to you on LBC, I saw you on well, the... Yeah, 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 yeah. You I, can I, suck I, up I, to I, me I, as much as you want, but you are No, 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 no I'm, not, I'm not sucking up at all. He said sucking. Uh, um, is that bad? Uh, uh, it just, sometimes the S sounds like an F on, uh, the telephone. Oh, right, okay, sorry. That's all right. Glenn, thank you for your call. Nice to talk to you. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. If every, if you women got the chips, just let go of those chips on your shoulders and accepted that you're not meant to earn as much as us men, everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. That's what he's saying. Um, I get the thing about the religious thing, but, uh, you know, I don't, no, I don't, actually. No, I don't. Um... Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the um, telephone number if you want to give us a call. A call. Yes, Paul. Uh, ben, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right, fellow. What you got for us? Well, you were uh, you had a report you were reading there. Uh, about bins being set on fire, people getting high. There was no problem with that, but that's a Dorset accent you put on. This what? It's a Dorset accent. You no, put I on. did a Yorkshire. No, I think you're fine if you listen back to the tapes and and visit the area. That was very much a Yorkshire Yorkshire accent. Who's putting on? I'm in Yorkshire. <laughs> well, get me get me a Yorkshireman. <laughs> uh, what's that? Get me a Yorkshireman. Yeah, you're talking to one. Oh, get stuffed, mate. What is that? What is that Ponzi accent you got? This is Halifax. This is rubbish. This is... Yorkshire talks a bit like that. You don't see many of them around here these days. That's what it is. Well, I mean, maybe I'm just too far out. I mean, I mean West Yorkshire, to be fair, you know. Yeah, exactly. So it's not proper Yorkshire, <laughs> is it? It's not proper <laughs> Yorkshire. Well, I mean, I'm, I, I'm just not good enough. <laughs> Exactly. So don't phone, don't don't phone me. I don't. I've got enough people having a pop at me via email and Twitter. Now I've got them phoning in and doing it. Oh, I love you, Ian. I'm not giving a pop at you. I just thought I'd give I'll you have a, a pop. I'll have a pop you at you in a minute. My my, my fist is going to pop your nose in a minute, sunshine. <laughs> you you asked though when you said, "Is that Yorkshire accent?" I just thought, well, maybe oh. I'll just call in. I, I did want to ask something anyway. Go on. Uh, well, I can hear some uh, when I tuned in. It was like ticking in the background. I thought, "Have you got the world's smallest game of ping pong?" Going no, it's, well, that's a bit racist. No, it's um, we've got two Chi- Chinese lads. It's uh, Wang, and I didn't get his his friend's name. Um, and they're playing ping pong. And the reason is, if let me put the microphone. Let me just move the microphone a little bit closer. To, there we go. There we go. There we go. Uh, the reason is, we had a caller who um, said, because I, I, I didn't want to make the show tonight, Paul, like all the other shows, where it was divisive and it was full of hatred and all of this, and I was wondering how we could unite Great Britain. And a caller said that when him and his wife um, have an argument, uh, they get out the table tennis table and they have a game of whiff-waff, ping-pong, table tennis. Um, and he, he thinks that, that, that table tennis could unite the country. So, by coincidence, Wang and his mate were playing table tennis in the studio anyway. And um, so we're using them to see it. They're going to play 
for the whole show. And just before one o'clock, we're going to find out, Paul, if the country is more, less or the same united as it was at ten o'clock. So the question is, did you bring them into the studio or did you bring the microphone out to them? No, they were, they're just here. They're, they're, we've moved the sofa out and um, <laughs> I don't know why they're, I don't know why they're here. You can't sit on Periscope because it involves moving it. I don't know why they're here. It's purely a coincidence, Paul. Uh, just, I've blown my mind. Now, Paul, I've, now, after, uh, listen, I, I have to say, right, because we, we had a complaint yesterday from someone about how some parts of the show went. So, um, uh, and my boss has pulled me up on it. So, I have to do this now. And I forgot to do it earlier in the show. I apologise. Paul. Yes. I Mm. feel that this conversation has reached a conclusion. Do you agree with me? Well, we could talk about pop, if you like. Okay, he doesn't agree. I've got to keep him on. got to keep him on. (laughs) What, 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 What else do you want to talk about, Paul? Well, you were talking about sugar a minute ago and stimulant. Yeah. There is no there is no scientific evidence that giving kids sugar makes them go bonkers. I was going to say that as well. I noticed when you were talking about it that caffeine does make you hyperactive, but sugar is more of a psychosomatic effect. It's more how the parent expects the child to behave and how the child responds to that. Is, isn't that... Um, I mean... I, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm struggling to get my head around it because I only recently um, uh, conducted some experiments and uh, the results were not what I expected. Then I did some research online and found out there was no evidence to back this theory up. Whoa. It sounds crazy, Paul, but it's true. Well, it, it could be the additives. We don't know if they're sensitive to them yet, but there's a lot of stuff in pop that um, I don't think is really fit for human consumption. But then, so delicious, you know, what, what's the uh, what's in water, do we know, you know? I've got the eyes because I'm eyes drinking Tizer. Oh, Tizer, yeah. yeah. Well, Paul, so, again, I have to... The old Lucas oh, no, it's not finished. <laughs> oh, OK, right. I feel this conversation has reached a conclusion, Paul. Do you agree okay. with me? Let's go with that, shall we? Okay, Paul. If you're happy to conclude this conversation, I'm now going to cut you off, but I just want you to know that um, if you are happy with that, in a few seconds, your phone line will go dead. Are you happy for me to proceed? I am, lad. Why not? Thank you very much indeed. I just have to do that because of complaints we received yesterday and today. Um, So I just have to check that every caller is happy that the conversation has ended um, and that they're happy for the the, the call to be terminated. Because some people got very upset yesterday when I felt the call, the the dull call was over. And and, and I know it's it's arrogant of me, after hosting phoning shows for 13 years, to think I know when um, the the call on my shows, the calls on my show are over. I know it's arrogant, and I I put the fader down and cut them off and go into the next one. I know it's arrogant of me to think I know how to use the different voices and the different calls as as colours and tones and textures in the show. I know, and I apologise to every caller I've spoken to in the last 13 years. Um, there we go. I'm getting loads of... Oh, dear. I'm getting loads of um, Americans coming on Periscope. <laughs> oh, dearie, dearie me. Right. Cleo! Hello. How are you? Hi. You know what? You set a little earworm off in my head, you know, when you mentioned um, wormholes. Yeah. I've been thinking of a song. I don't know whether you learned it as a child down south. Called the Wiggly Woo. Go on, let's hear it. Mm-hmm. I'll try to remember all the words. 
There's a worm at the bottom of my garden. No, that's, hang on a minute, and hang on a minute. That song's just called There's a Worm at the Bottom of My Garden. Is it not called a wiggly worm? No, 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 that's what the worm is called. The song is called. You're right. The song ah. is called There's a Worm at the Bottom of the Garden. The garden and his name is Wiggly Woo. There's a, what's the rest of the words? There's a worm at the bottom of my garden, and I don't know what to do. Well, now, hang on a minute, because you're, sa- you're saying that this is an earworm. It's stuck in my head. Well, but it's not, it's not stuck in your head that well, because you don't know the words or the tune. <laughs> oh, what tune? Down, but it's like trying to remember you the words. You didn't sing it, you didn't tune? sing the tune. Shall I do it with more confidence? Yes, please. There's a worm at the bottom of my garden, and his name is Wiggly Woo. There's a worm at the bottom of my garden, and I don't know what to do. Here we go. This he... is, hang on a minute. Stop, stop, talk, stop singing, because you, you, you're actually um, um, uh, going to wake the dead. But it's a great... It's a, you, we've got a great phone in now, Cleo. Songs with worms in them. Uh, so we've got Wiggly Woo. Oh. We've got. I'm gonna go and eat, think. I'm gonna go and eat worms. What's that? Um, nobody likes me. Everybody hates Maramushka. No, N- nobody <laughs> like. Don't go into Bohemian Rhapsody. Nobody <laughs> likes me. Everybody hates Scaramouche. Scaramouche. Oh, think I'll go and eat worms. I've never heard of that. Like, there's the brilliant. Um. Do you know, um, do you know Dr. Worm? <laughs> You're making this up. No! Wow, dude! If only I could make, um, that up, I would be, um, a genius. Dr. Worm. Doctor, you don't know mm. Dr. Worm? No, 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 no. You don't know Dr. Worm? Never heard of that one, dude. You just sit there, fella, and you enjoy. Whoa! Here we go. They call me Dr. Worm. Good morning, how are you? I'm Dr. Worm. I'm interested in things. I'm not a real doctor, but I am a real worm. I am an actual worm. I live like a worm. I like to play the drums. I think I'm getting good, but I can handle criticism. I'll show you what I know, and you can tell me if you think I'm getting better on the drums. I'll leave the front unlocked, cause I can't hear the doorbell. What do you reckon, Cleo? I've never heard of like You've never heard this? Well, um, the Smiths? Yeah, it's a bit like the Smiths. Hang on, stay there. Got some more. <laughs> but I get into it. I can't tell if you are watching me twirling the stick. When I give the signal, my friend Rabbi Vol will play the solo. This is Rabbi Vole playing the solo, Cleo. This is mint. Stay there, stay there. L- little bit more to go. <clears throat> Big finish. <laughs> Big finish. Here we go, guys. Big finish. 
Someday somebody else besides me will call me by my stage name. They will call me Dr. Worm. Good morning, how are you? I'm Dr. Worm. I'm interested in things, but I'm not a real doctor, but I am a real worm. I am an actual worm. I live like a worm, and I like to play the drums. I think I'm getting good, but I can handle criticism. I'll show you what I know, and you can tell me if you think I'm getting better on the drums. I'm not a real doctor, but they call me Dr. Well, you, now this Never is the thing. This is why I can't be a pop star because I need to have a lie down for ten minutes now. <laughs> and probably no, is that change. Off a, off a or something? Sorry, is it off a or something? It's a song. It's Doctor Worm. I'm going to look it up for someone's minute. I might learn it. Thank you very much, Cleo. You'll do it better than I did. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh, boy. <clears throat> there we go. That's it. Um, you can see why rock stars take lots and lots of drugs. All rock stars take all, all, all the drugs because they really... If they give as much as I do, and I really do give a lot during uh, my performances, my, uh, my, my, my pop music performances, and I find them absolutely exhausting. But I'm spent. I'm a spent force. Literally every hole is spent. Um, Matt! <laughs> Hello. Hello, Matt. Hello, yes. Yes, that's okay. I was was distracted by the periscope being a bit behind. The periscope is a little bit behind, yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I just had one point that I wanted to make. Uh, You brought up uh, the sugar, and there's no evidence that it makes kids hyperactive. Yes? Uh, I just wanted to add another thing that everyone kind of assumes is true, but isn't. Uh, So you know there's a thing where... Uh, girls, uh, in like living together, uh, think they kind of sink in their cycles. Yes. Uh, there's no evidence for that at all. Okay. Thank you for that, Matt. That's cool. <laughs> Excellent stuff indeed. Uh, how do you know this, Matt? Uh, I listened to a very good podcast about it. What, um, what, 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 what podcast was discussing women's periods in such detail? Uh, I think it might have been an economist podcast. The economists, gosh. Um, okay. Well, thank you, Matt. I'm glad you've cleared that up. I'm glad someone's cleared it up. Blimey, not my job. 0344 499 is the, uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, Jonathan! Evening, Oh, my, and don't take this the wrong way, but every time I hear it's you, Jonathan, my heart sinks a little bit. 
I wonder if our racist, borderline Nazi friend, racist Jonathan, is um, is has made a comeback. I don't know why he stopped phoning us. No idea. I didn't tell him to stop phoning. For some reason, he decided that he would stop phoning. And um, I always have a, a little glimmer of hope that maybe he'll come back to the fold. But no, it's it's just good old, um, it's good old muesli munching, sandal wearing, non racist Jonathan calling. Jeez. Well, the other Jonathan's probably quite busy at the moment, spewing poison on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I wanted to phone about the uh, the girl stealing the Pope's hat. Does that make her the new Pope by Pope laws? Oh well. Uh, she'd have to sit in the Pope chair, and let's not go too um, into that. Um, I don't... I, I, I think... Now, again, I've, I've, I'm sure I saw... The, we, we, me and my boys are watching horrible histories. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. good stuff, I'm though. a shouty man! Like, all the time, they'll just go, uh, Daddy, Daddy, can I say something? Yeah, go on. I'm a shouty man! <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> they never stop, do they? There is an episode of um, uh, Horrible Histories where they talk about that, and yes, up until I think it was about 1632, um, if you could steal the Pope's hat, you became the Pope, but they realised that that was silly. So in about 1632, they, they changed that so that um, it was no longer the case. How do you become Pope now if there's an existing Pope? Do you just have to wait for the style? Well, you you've, force that to happen? You've got to believe in Jesus... That's like, that's like the first, that's like the 11 plus for popes. Do you believe in Jesus? No. Well, then you, you just go to a comprehensive. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Well, then you go to, um, Pope Academy. Um, um, (laughs) don't they, one of my favorite, I was going to say, talk about drawing straws. One of my favorite gags in the television series, The Monkeys, right? There are two really good, two really, really good visual gags in it, right? And one of them is, um, I can't remember if they want to date a girl or they want to go for a job. One of them wants to go for a job or something, right? And they say, okay, guys, I know what we'll do. Let's draw straws. And they go, yeah, that sounds fair. And they all grab a piece of paper and a pen and they all draw straws. And Peter, of course, draws a really tiny straw. And they go, oh, Peter, you drew the short straw. And it's such a delicious gag. And there's another really good gag while I'm, while I'm thinking about this. And we'll get back to Popes in a minute. Um, <clears throat> there's one episode where Davy is so horny, right? He's just like, he's honestly, he's rampant. Just so, so horny. Um, right. and he's just like falling in love all the time. And he's wearing a yellow jersey with a black stripe down the side, right? And they, um, the other monkeys say that Davy's so horny, we're going to um, tie him to a chair. So they've got this big, sort of like a throne chair, and um, they um, put like a handcuff around his ankle, around the the chair leg, and then they got the monkeys. The other monkeys go off to do something, and they came back. They come back, and and the house is empty, and Davy's gone. They go, oh, "Where's Davy gone?" Right. And it's such a delicious gag. I mean, you can see where, you can see what's coming, but it's, it's done so beautifully and it's so unusual for them. So they're running down the street looking for Davy and they see him in the distance in the, the distinctive jersey and the, the Prince Valiant haircut and he's dragging this chair along and they go, Davy, Davy, Davy. And they grab him and it's another bloke. And they go, oh, so sorry, we thought you were someone else. <laughs> it says another bloke wearing the same jumper and who just by coincidence is dragging a chair down the street. It's delicious. And that's how they choose a Pope. 
you have to be wearing a chair. They vote. It? They vote. I think, don't all the cardinals or the bishops or whoever, I don't quite know the really... I'm going to say cardinals. Uh, the cardinals have to vote. Didn't we come close this time to having a black pope? Weren't we? It, I, uh, I'm sure, because the last pope did something that hasn't happened for about 100 years. He resigned. They yeah, never yeah. resigned from being a pope. And, um... I think the reason that was given, I don't know if this was ever proven, but wasn't it suggested that he had dementia? He had Alzheimer's, I think, the last Pope. So he, and he was, became aware, or, you know, someone made the decision, whether it was him or not, that he couldn't actually keep on Poping. Um, and so he resigned. And that hasn't happened for like a hundred years or two hundred years, something like that. And I am sure, I read an article saying that it, it was really close to in the voting like a black bishop or cardinal or whatever got through to like the final two or the final three and it was yeah, really close to, yeah it was really close to being a black pope but, but i don't know would that have mattered though sorry would that have mattered oh yeah like massively oh i think it would have mattered because um as always with when it's something is the first um I think it's really significant. And also, the Catholic religion is huge in Africa. Huge in Africa. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you never know if it would have had... Having a black pope going to Africa and talking to Catholics there, it might have It might have made... I don't know what kind of difference it would have made. But yeah, no, I think it would have been... I think it would have been a, a, an important thing, the first black pope. Would anything have changed? Yeah. Nah, not probably. It'd still be some old rich dude, you know. But, 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 um, you know... It would be a leap forward. I mean, that has never happened before. There's so many firsts that still need to happen. Um, but will we see them in our lifetimes, Ian? Well, Jonathan, if you're talking about you losing your virginity, I just, I just don't know. Now, <laughs> now, Jonathan, I feel that this conversation has come to an end. Do you agree, or do you have more to say to me? I'm just going to say I'm looking forward to the rabbit hole on Sunday, the last London one for a while. Uh, I'm hoping it's going to be good. And now I'm going to cut you off. Are you okay, Jonathan, if I cut you off? I'm not okay, but I accept it. Okay, there we go. No, that's fair enough. Fair play. He wasn't okay with it, but he accepted it. Uh, yeah, it's the last rabbit hole in London, um, at least until June. M- maybe a bit later. Maybe even a bit later. We've got one in um, Manchester on, in May. We're trying to organise one in Brighton at the end of May, but it's a bit tricky. But we're trying to do something with the comedian Brian Gittins. Um, and it might be like a Saturday lunchtime in Brighton. Um, we are, uh, uh, we're trying. Um, and, um, but yes, this Sunday, the rabbit hole, there are still a handful of tickets left if you want to come. It is the last one we're doing in London for a while. Ticketsource.co.uk slash Ian Dash Lee. I-A-I-N dash L-E-E. Ticketsource.co.uk slash Ian Dash Lee. Right. I've got no more calls lined up. So now will be an excellent time for you to pick up your telephone and ring 0344 499 1000. Don't forget to tick your Rage Our Diaries. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, that American guy really doesn't like, um, I don't, well, Jesuits are like people who believe in Jesus, right? And he's going on, um, he keeps joining on the, the, the periscope thing and I don't know <laughs> 
I, I, I'm trying not to be too... Well, I'm not angry. I, I find it amusing. Um, I had someone today saying, I really got under your skin, didn't I? And I said, no, no, not at all. You were a, 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 It was a mild diversion while I was um, queuing in the post office and doing boring stuff like that. You know, it was, it was kind of a, 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 a diversion um, from the, the mundanity of life. But no, it didn't get under my skin. It didn't get under my skin when... Someone sends me abuse in an email and then gets all upset on Twitter and all entitled and doesn't get under my skin. Um, um, does Catherine watch this chat? No, she doesn't. Uh, the uh, Periscopers. Um, if you want to watch the show, you can. If you go to periscope.tv forward slash Ian Lee, if you want to give me a call, 0344 um, Catherine, let me do the next 15 minutes. And after midnight, if you want to come in and, and sit in and... Um, uh, we can have some of that. Oh, um, um, mm, uh, there's loads of stories <clears throat> in the papers today about, um, checks, about writing checks. And there's going to be a new system, um, for checks, right? I had to, the last time I wrote a cheque was about three months ago. It took me absolutely ages to find my chequebook. I don't know, and, and if I had to find it now, I, I sort of know, I know roughly which, I don't know which room it's in. I know, I might, it, it might be in one of two rooms. And it took me five attempts to write a cheque, because I couldn't remember how to write a cheque. I couldn't do it. Couldn't remember how to do it. Can you write a check? What? Yeah. I mean, do people still um, uh, uh, do people still write checks on a regular basis? I don't like the phone swiping technology. I don't really dig the phone. I saw someone buying a, a, a coffee today using their telephone. No. That's inappropriate. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever, does it? Does it? I only want a 20-second talk-up, please, guys. Um, that doesn't make it... Um, that's not good. Anyway, so they've got this new thing for checks. But didn't they... Well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Wasn't there about five years ago... Weren't some banks sniffing out the possibility of getting rid of checks... That was that was the thing, wasn't it? They were saying, um, yeah, we're thinking of getting rid of checks. And there was such a big backlash. There was such a lot of anger from old people, I think, primarily, who still like to pay with checks. Um, that they that, that the banks kind of rescinded and went oh no okay right in that case no 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 we 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 were just we were just kicking the idea around guys we're sticking with checks we used to get um i remember um when i went from natwest to barclays and they gave me like a really posh checkbook holder do you remember you get, you get a checkbook holder i mean my mum always had a checkbook holder a blankety blank checkbook and pen and it, you you get this thing and when the checkbook ran out you took it out and you mine was like a leather checkbook holder flipping egg what? <laughs> what 
And you couldn't, you couldn't fold it. In my checkbooks now, it's all tatty. You couldn't fold it. It was, it took up so much space. Anyway. Checks will clear within a day. As banks start ex- No. Hang on a minute. Checks will clear within a day as banks start exchanging pictures of them rather than physically handing them over. You are having a laugh. Really? Really? Come on, guys. Photos of checks? The changes are being phased in from October, with all banks offering the faster service from late next year. Currently, cheques take up to six weekdays to clear, but remain popular with some, the elderly. The use of cheques peaked in 1990, when four billion were written, but the number fell <laughs> to only 477 million last year. That's still loads of cheques! Who's writing all the blooming cheques? For crying out loud! Who is writing all the cheques? James Redford, boss of the Check and Credit Clearing Company, which is overseeing the move, said, This will deliver important benefits for the many individuals, charities and businesses that regularly use cheques. Banks and building societies may offer their customers the option of paying in an image of their cheques. Several bank banks accept checks via pictures on their banking apps, but only if issued by them. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I knew it. 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 The industry wanted checks phased out by 2018. Boom! I knew it. I said it. I called it. And I was right. Yes, that's right, guys. I'm celebrating that I remembered a really dull bit of trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what my life has become. I am celebrating the fact that I remembered um, a really dull news story from quite a while ago. Congratulations, Ian. You made the big time, guy. You made the big time. But they will now be around for longer. Barclays chief Ashok Vazwani said they are one of the oldest forms of payments. It brings them into the digital age. Thanks, Ashok Vazwani. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, 0344-499-1000 is the uh, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're more than um, uh, welcome to. Quiet on the phone tonight, and that's absolutely fine. It may be that some of you... um, I'm saying this because they won't be listening. Uh, But it may be that some people want more of a newsy thing after what happened yesterday. I kind of think... Yesterday's show, I thought, worked really well. And it's always um, refreshing to challenge oneself and do something that is out of one's comfort zone. Um, and it's always pleasing when one pulls it off. Fanar, fanar. Um... But it wasn't my call to do the show like that yesterday, but I'm glad we did. You know, I'm glad we did. I, it was, it, I, I don't necessarily think it was the right thing to do, but um, I am, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm want to work. And, um, you know, if boss says we're going to do something different, you go, OK, boss, what do you want from me? 
Um, but the, the, it, I, I thought that perhaps last night, uh, London, the country, the capital, needed a bit of a laugh. But that's the, the direction we went. And I think actually it was quite an interesting show. We had some really good guests. We had um, some really uh, interesting calls from you. So thank you for that. But it may be tonight that that um, there are some people that still want a bit more news, that still want a bit more... You know, or there may be some people that heard the show last night and and mistakenly thought that's the way this show was heading forever. Um, well, it wasn't. It was a one-off, and and um, you know, if, if things happen, we as a, a speech-based station, as a national radio station with a, with a news agenda. I mean, it's a soft news agenda compared to things like Radio Four or or, or, or um, you know, the the uh, idiots in, in LBC. But um, it, it is still a news-based agenda, and we kind of have to be um, reactive and responsive to um, big news stories. Of course we do. Um, but it, tonight, you know, you can phone in about anything you want. 0344-499-1000 is the um, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, we call you back, of course. And you can call in about anything. Uh, let me just reiterate what I said at the top of the show because there will be people listening now who weren't listening nearly two hours ago. You can fall in, uh, call in about what happened yesterday. I think pretty much everything that, that needs to be said so far with the information we had has been said, I think, personally. Um, you know, flicking through the radio stations today, I didn't feel the conversation was, was going much further. Um... But you can call in about that if you want. The only thing we we won't do on this show is um, spread hatred, is denounce all Muslims, is deny that there are moderate Muslims, is um, create fear and anger and um, hatred. Because there are so many outlets on the radio that do that. So many outlets, you know, so, so you can spare. And I got a little bit of flack on a couple of forums and a little bit of flack on t- Twitter, a little, tiny, tiny little bit. No, nothing that, um, um, that didn't worry me in the slightest, but saying, well, you, you know, there were some people that wanted to talk about the, the, the problem with Muslims in this country today. And they called in last night and you, you cut them short and said that they, couldn't talk about that and i think that's bad of you and well there are so many outlets if you want to phone up and slag off muslims honestly guys there are loads of places you can go and do that loads of places just give it 12 hours on this station and you can do it or 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 you can go to another radio station and do it all right um this show i don't want to um scare people i don't want to annoy people i don't want to anger people um so can we just you know three hours a night five nights a week can we just you know try and do something constructive and something positive and something you know i don't know funny 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 fun can we have some fun guys for crying out loud Let's have some fun. If you want to call in, you'll be more than welcome to. I'm going to invite Catherine, my producer, to come in and join me for the next hour of the show. But you can still call in. Now will be an excellent time uh, 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 to call in. Ed's off. You get to speak to Josh tonight if if, uh, if you call in. 0344 
499-1000 is the telephone number. 0344-499-1000. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We're going to sit here, me and Kath are going to go through the papers and talk absolute guff for an hour, which I think is what we need after yesterday's events. Care to join us? Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Listener, 03444991000. The woman joins me in the studio. What the haps, chaps? Sorry? Um, Catherine Boyle, it's always a pleasure. Quiet on the phones tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I'm, I'm going to say a slightly flaccid show this evening. Well, it had, it had its moments. Nah. I liked the uh, worm chat. I enjoyed that. They can't all be, um, they can't all be doozies. No. You know, but, but but when I have a show that is not uh, as as good as I think perhaps it could be, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. By the way, you can still call in. Um, um, it, it, I do I do think well, maybe I've, I've maybe maybe I've lost that edge. Well, you're an idiot because it only ever what? happens. Yes, you're calling me an idiot. Well, we get we have one, but and you completely forget about the doozy the day you know two the, days before, only, it, or the run of doozies we had last week. Doozy two days before. That means that means two shows, two bad shows. No, it's just that we had to do something that. Um, are we going to go and see? Aren't we going to see yeah, the September. zombies? September, Palladium, wasn't it? Okay, we're going to see Danny Baker soon. Yeah, in St Albans. Yeah, we're quite the gadabouts these days. In it though, um, and we can write it all off. Well, a they're free. 
Uh, but the food and the petrol we can write off as expenses because it's research Totes. for the show. Going to see some Japanese drummers on Saturday. I'm not. No, you're not. Not invited. Uh, no, 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 no. You're taking your assistance. <laughs> taking family, family time. Um, so, yeah, the, the boys are going to see some Japanese drummers, see if that inspires them. To what? Make more noise? Yeah. Because yes. they need the encouragement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll finish off painting the electric guitar probably on Saturday as well, maybe Sunday. Then you've got to leave it to dry for a week. Then I've bought some varnish um, and I've got to paint the varnish on. Then we leave that, then paint the varnish on for a second coat, then leave that, maybe a third coat, and then build a flipping guitar. Excellent. Yeah. And will it work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's in it? Yeah? What's in it? What do you mean? Well, I've never... I've only ever played, like, one electric guitar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And obviously, it it doesn't have a sound hole. No, it's an electric guitar. Yeah, so, right, there's no electric... In the middle of it, is there? No, it's a bit of wood at the moment. So it's a bit of wood. It's, no, it's but I'm wood. just trying to work out how they. I don't know how they work. The pickups. It's what's the, the, what's it's the pickups. What's the pickup? Right. So you have got the strings, right? And yeah. where you're strumming, if you've seen an electric guitar, there'll be one, two, or sometimes three, or sometimes with the guitar I recently sold for 150 quid, there'll be six little black stripes, um, about half an inch thick, about that long, with metal dots on. They are the pickups. They are. I believe they are magnets. Right. I might I don't I might be wrong here but that is what amplifies the strum. Oh, right. It's that is that the pickups are, and you can change you can have one pickup on for one sound, two pickups on for another or whatever. That is what makes the sound. I didn't find when I had the electric guitar for a week, yeah. I didn't find it as fun as my acoustic. Um that's because you're a girl. Um and no, I, I know it's, it's horses for courses, really. I'm know. not used to it. No, and no one showed me how to play it properly because my no. guitar teacher is um highly fancy. She's well, she's a classical guitarist, yeah. so you're learning proper finger picking and um, yeah. and stuff. But I need someone to show me how to um, like shred some shred some <laughs> um, tunes. Oh, you don't actually know what you're talking about. I don't. I can't. Do you know what? I I still in my back of my head, I think oh, I can play guitar, and actually. I can't really. I can strum a few chords quite badly, but that's it. That's it. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I can't. And I always think oh, I can play. I've got some really nice guitars. I shouldn't have sold that one. I've got a really, really expensive 1967 Gretsch, the Monkeys um, model that they sold hardly any of because the Monkeys didn't play their instruments, and it now goes for about two thousand dollars. And I've got one of them, but I don't. I don't play. I don't know how to play it. I can't oh. play it. I'm one of those idiots that's got guitars and I don't play them. Lovely I've, casino, Epiphone casino, and I don't play it. I thought it was fancy having two. Yeah. One of them I can't play. It's too, no. it's too big, turns out. Yeah. Well, you're quite... Your body, you are the Tyrannosaurus Rex of the of the radio production world, aren't you? And by that, I mean... Um, I've got short legs. And you've got those arms. got a long body and short legs. You've got the arms that kind of can't you know if you picked up a phone it would be hard to put it near your they're to, long i don't know what they're i mean where are you like you're doing that to... you're doing that thing where you shake an arm and one arm's longer than right. the other how far down are your arm supposed to get come right? on mate that is you're just Look, a, you're embarrassing yourself they get to like below me bum that's where you need them isn't yeah but it? you've got a tiny body <laughs> i haven't i've got a really long body just short legs all right mate um john's in uxbridge evening john all right soft lad Oh, flipping it. Look at this. It's a scouter from the 1980s. Hello, soft lad. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, John. 
Where did um, where did that was that from? I remember this. Brookside. Sorry. Brookside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it was Brookside. It was right off, lads. Can I? Um... But that's what Scousers say. Scousers have got a wonderful way of w- way with words. It was a friendly sort of greeting. It sounds a bit rude, doesn't it? You know. It sounded aggressive, if I'm honest. So. You know. But it was uh, it was done in um, a, a, an affectionate. Uh, oops, Charlie, Charlie, oops, Charlie, oops, Charlie, Charlie. Where's that from? Don't know. That's from Help, the Beatles. John Lennon's walking down the street with George Harrison. He goes, "Oops, Charlie, Charlie, oops, Charlie, oops, Charlie, Charlie." <laughs> yeah. But they, they really are masters of the wordplay, uh, as you'll hear next week with our interview with uh, Jimmy Tarbuck. Mm-hmm. Tarby. Tarby. You've got Tarby on the show, guys, and it's a it's a humdinger. Uh, it's a, a wonderful interview. But tonight's Nicholas Parsons, John. Is, um, was the word, um, bastard used, um, on air earlier? Well, it was used on air about five seconds ago, yes! What do you mean by this? Is it, I shouldn't really be discussing this with Kath in the studio. Why? Really. You don't know what I've seen, John, you don't know. <laughs> what, you mean you're listening to the show? She's, she's focusing on the show. Why are you asking about that word, which we won't well, say again? Well, I just no, I won't. I just wondered if it if it was sort of acceptable to use because I could make use of it in my calls, but I wouldn't want to use it. No, no, no. I I did I say it in reference? When did I say it? I oh no, I did say it. I did say it. I called the the callers. Um, I did say. Oh it, yeah, yes. you did because I hadn't phoned in. But uh, but no, that, but that was descriptive. Mm-hmm. So so no, that's accurate. Yeah. But no, you can't use it. No, only I can. only I, I can. Uh, excuse me. No, you can't. No more. Sorry, no okay. more guys. No more. We, no, you're right. Actually, and I did I did in, impose quite a strict um, ips snay on the swear nay um recently yeah, and i've yeah. let that slip uh and, and and if we let it slip that means isis have won so i'm sorry guys you haven't won the swearing band's back in place thank take you take a trip down memory lane with me ian um but i don't know you <laughs> do you i've got no memory i've got no shared memories with you john do you remember um that i think it was it called play radio where you could just use any Sweary words. Oh, Play Radio was was um, uh, Tommy Boyd's um, venture that was ahead of its time. In many ways, it was ahead of its time. In mm. some ways, it was of its time. But primarily, it was it was past its prime. But it wasn't it a high. Wasn't it a very high tech sort of studio in the middle of nowhere? Was it? In it Sussex was. A, I don't. I I went there once. I did. I did some shows for free. Didn't even cover my petrol. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, a studio in a barn in the middle of a field. And um, there was... I remember the one that they could swear, and one day they just used any swear words they yes. liked. Yes, or... because it was because it was um, it was online and not not broadcast on on yeah. um, a, a frequency. It was it was an online station, so it's completely different rules. But um, I, 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 and we did get a little bit free and easy with the swears here. But no, I, I you, you're, you, thank you for picking me up, John, because no, I prefer it when we, we well, when I'm I'm stricter with in, the swears. Really. No? He wanted to join. Any thought you sounded big and indeed clever. It's just it, 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 there's no need for it. No. I censor myself when I am. Um, Why the, do you um, think I say flipping X so much? <laughs> the um, the um, going back to the guitars, Kath. Yeah. I personally find the electric guitar uh, easier to play. What do you think, Ian? I think I I agree with John. I think he finds the electric guitar easier to play. I think my problem is I'm not a natural strummer like what you two are. I'm more of a picker. <laughs> okay, this is where you're supposed to agree or disagree, guys. 
Well, I don't know anything. I, I only know... All I know about John's guitar playing technique is what he says to me just before I repeat it. John, as you may have noticed. tell me more about your guitar playing technique. Um, Wait a minute, I, so that Ian can listen and no, repeat I'm it. No, I'm more of an acoustic guy. I'm soft and sensitive. I'm in touch with my James Taylor. Have you got um, metal strings or what? Yes. Oh. Of course I have. Not, I don't like classical guitars. I think they sound awful. No, I am... Mine um, sounds nice. Uh, I've got... Um, I can't remember what make it is, but it's got a moustache. Oh. G- guitar, guitar guys, I know the ones I've got. It's a big... Con- I think it's not a country gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a never forget. Is it? But I don't think it is a country gentleman. Oh. No. Well, John, thanks for that. Oh, my pleasure. There we go. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late <laughs> nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late nights, Ian Lee on air and after on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Suddenly, we've got loads of. Um, it's been very quiet on Periscope. And Just suddenly, checked my zip when you said that. <laughs> suddenly, we've we've like doubled the number of Periscope views we've had all evening. I don't listen because the woman's in. There's a little bit of flange on the camera. Oh wow! There is no flange. <clears throat> um, no, just say there just is. Making sure. Just say there is because it'll get the numbers up. We'll get something up anyway. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. You've got about ten minutes before we have Nicholas Bloody Parsons on the show. Now, Nicholas Parsons was he ninety three? Yes. Um, and you phoned him. We did this last week, and you phoned him up the week before and left a message for him to sort out the interview. Yeah. So we did the interview last week, and then I believe he phoned up again this week to book the interview in. Yeah. He's an old man. He's an old man. It was the right thing to do not to respond, because that's what I did. Yeah. Well, no, um, yeah, it's not your... He don't need to. I, I mean, He'll remember. Yeah. Um, evening, Matt. Hello, mate. How are you? Uh, good, thank you very much. What have you got for us, Matt? Um, just well, just talking about uh, people that you're interviewing. I had another thought uh, after we spoke the other day about um, uh, Graham Gardner and Tim Taylor. Oh, yes. Um, suddenly occurred to me, have you tried Windsor Davies? Um, is he still alive? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's retired and he's living down in France. But uh, from what I understand, he's still very, uh, you know, much with it, so... I thought he'd be a great person. Do you know what? If he was interested. That's a good That's a good call, actually. Catherine? Windsor Davis. I'll add it to my to-do list. Thanks <laughs> very much, Matt. Well, no, hang on. Don't have a go at Matt. He's doing what you should be doing. He's he's, he's just brainstorming. He's just coming up with ideas. Okay. You, it's like talking to uh, a, a sack of... Wow. Spuds. Oh. That's a bit rude, Ian. I think you need to wind it in a bit. But, well, Correct, Matt. Hang on a minute, Matt. <laughs> hang on a minute. See, Matt is a good producer. He's a good. Pe- uh, he's good ideas, and he's right. I crossed a line, and he reeled me in. Mm-hmm. Matt, yeah, have you ever considered um, radio production? I haven't, but I have found out today that I'm about to get fired, so I'm going to be free. Yay! So- Why are you free now? Um, I can be free as of um, I think. Why can I ask? Let me just ask, Matt. Are you being fired for sexual impropriety? Uh, no, sadly not. Uh, no. In that case, um, it, it wouldn't work out as a radio producer. No, Sorry, no, Matt, you no, haven't exactly. got the basic skills that are required. <laughs> Lesson <laughs> number one. <laughs> the other thing, from a radio production point of view, is that there was another geezer called in earlier, calling himself Matt, trying to sound like me, talking about women's... <clears throat> yeah, yeah. We can uh, say I, periods. I don't, want, I don't, I don't uh, mind uh, saying periods or, or menstrual well, flow, yeah. heavy, light, yeah. medium. I don't well, mind talking about well, it. Stop it. It's uh, not well, your business. Do not uh, have him on again, because it's just confusing for the listeners, you know. I'm building a brand. i tell you what we'll do, right? And, and, and Josh, can we type this on the screen? Let's call this call this guy Matt 2. Oh. 
out of order. I've called many more times than the other bloke. And the I other guy, when he calls one. in, we'll proper call him. Matt. We'll call him Proper Matt. Yeah. So this yeah. is Matt too. And the other guy's okay. proper Matt. Thank you, you, Josh. Could you amend our records, please, Josh? Yeah. Okay. And with the other guy as well, because I don't want to. Yeah. Well. Well. Thank you. Thank you for that call, Matt too. All right, then. Thank you, Ian. Three. Oh, you you that is, um... Attitude. I know. It's, it, it's not an attractive thing, but it'll make him a better person. Every hero has to go on a journey of discovery. Empire Strikes Back, Luke Skywalker, he's, he's stuck on, an, on oh. a planet. Boring. But but it means he's better in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, if he goes through that whiny phase, though, I was quite yeah, happy for him to get a good uh, kick in. They all do. They all do. Um... Um... Luke Skywalker's supposed to be Jesus, isn't he? And Empire Strikes Back is his 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, isn't oh, it? Oh, that's an interesting thought. I was always told that it was like a medieval, um, you know, a medieval, uh, what do they call it? Story. No, I, no, no, because... R- romp. No, I was always told, it, well, it's not, it's not medieval. You know, like a romance, uh, romance... Romancing the stone. No, in an old-fashioned sense. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, right. Try so and you, use words. You got a pr- prince. Of... You got a low, a low-born person who turns out to be a prince, and he's got a princess as well that he has to rescue. And you've got two wizards, a dark one and a and a white wizard. No. Yeah. No. Yes. It, no. You're not. No. You're wrong. It's cowboys and Indians in space. What are you talking about? It's cowboys and Indians in space. Um, Luke Skywalker uh, the, uh, is Clint Eastwood. Um, and Darth Vader is Lee Van Cleef. Ob- obviously. He's Han Solo. He's the fella that flies the Millennium Falcon. Have you not seen it? That was quick. That was quick. Um, oh, uh, well, Han Solo is probably um, Yul Brynner in The Great Escape. What? Not The Great Escape. The, the Magnificent Grape. The Greatest Grape. <laughs> um, no, um... Magnificent Seven. Right. He's your Brinner in the Magnificent Seven. Right. So. Yes. Um, Continuez-vous, s'il vous plaît. Talk to me about the, like, the um, swords and that. Well, it's, it's lightsabers. Right. Yeah, they're the guns. They're the cowboys' guns. Well, what about the phasers? Yeah, they're the cowboys' guns. Okay. Yeah. The, the, Who's the, the Indians in this scenario? We don't say Indians. Cowboys and Indians we do. Who's the Indians in this scenario? Well, the stormtroopers. Really? But they've got all their high-tech weaponry. Yeah, but you, you, they're, the, they're the stormtroopers. Mm. They are but if the, you're doing the, this, ba- the bad guys. Yeah. Oh, the, you're such an imperialist. Um, yeah, exactly. The imperial forces. And yeah, you so they are, can't be... Oh. You are such an em- empirist. You're such a... Ah. You know I'm right, and you just won't let it no, go. No, 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 you're not right. I said it, that Luke Skywalker is Jesus. Of course he's flipping Jesus. No. Jesus. Um, here's the thing. Right. Yeah. Mel, lot of stories about Mel B. I've got a lot of time for Mel B. But a lot of time for all the Spice Girls. She was probably my favourite for quite a long time. Yeah, I think I think all of the Spice Girls, brilliant. Genuinely, I think they're brilliant. Went and saw her in concert with James Max. Do you know, my yes. little loves the Spice Girls. Yeah. She's never seen, you know, she's never seen them perform at all she's only she's only heard the records she loves them i think melby's beautiful yeah she is she's a very beautiful lady that video she did after she left the spice girls where it was all green yeah and it was with her first husband and she's wearing a yeah jimmy goldzar and it was and i I really spent a lot of time pouring over that video and um she's in the papers because she and her husband belafonte Stephen Day! 
He's calling it a deo. He's calling it a dello. Because oh. he's going out with Adele. He's not. No, he's not. She's got married. Um, good for her. Yeah. About time to. Um, so she split up. Mel B has split up with um, uh, Stephen Belafonte, Harry Belafonte's son. Okay. And I, I don't, I don't want to know the ins and outs. They're married. I don't want to know. Remember when she went out with Eddie Murphy? Yeah. And do you remember when Eddie Murphy got caught with a, a transsexual hooker in the car, mm-hmm. and he said he thought it was a lady, and he was giving her a lift with his um... <laughs> using his penis to drive her home. <laughs> I can explain. This isn't what it looks like. <laughs> um, it's exactly what it looks like. Um, but there's now there's this this interesting take on. I don't, I don't really care about people's you know pop size personal lives at all. Right? Uh, I do genuinely think Mel B is brilliant. I think the Spice Girls are brilliant. Um, but I didn't know this. Mel B's estranged mother expects to be reunited with the former Spice Girl now that she is ending her turbulent marriage to Stephen Belafonte. Mm-hmm. Mum of three, Mel, 41, fell out with Andrea Brown 68 years ago after she disapproved of her relationship. Now, I didn't know she'd fallen out with her mum because I've still got the image of that video where they sing... A, Mama, didn't they release that for Mother's Day? Well, they should have. Would have been an oversight not to, wouldn't it? And, and it was all the, it was the mums of the Spice Girls. Yeah. And so I've... Oh, and that song's so lovely. Only because you're a mama. Well, and because it's true, there's a song, there's, well, a, there's a word, there's a line in it. Used to be my only enemy, never letting me be free, stopping me from doing things I shouldn't be. Yeah. Every other day across the line. Oh my god, it's so good. Mama, I love you. I love the Spice Girls. Yeah, they're good. The Spice Girls, aren't they? You know, I could have been a Spice Girl. Well, uh, in the Nice and Spicy cover band. Nice and spicy. <laughs> nice and spicy. That's knickknacks. That's a flavour of knickknacks. <laughs> Nice and spicy. It's my favourite well, flavour of knickknacks. Very, very fitting that I should be involved in something that's named after a crisp. Well, I am well, like crisps. Which, which one were you? The manager? <laughs> Posh. Posh. Yeah. <laughs> it was before she lost all that weight. It was when, you know. I still, I like that video in the desert where she's in the PVC. Yeah. That's a good video. Yeah. Remember the video with Jerry, a solo song? Oh, it And it was awful. all the, the, the midgets dressed as aliens. About, and it had nothing to do with the song whatsoever. No. It was funny, that. Watch the sun. <laughs> she sang it like that as well. Do you know what I'd like? I'd like a best of the Spice Girls, I've but in no, 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 no. I've got one as well, but interspersed with the the best of the solo singles because there's a couple of good solo songs. Mel C did some good solo songs. She did, yeah. I I, always, I like Mel C. I didn't like um, Jerry's really very much. No. Look at me. Um, <laughs> she always sounded like she'd been down the pub. Baby um, Spice did. Uh, she did a version of Candy, didn't she? Did she? I want candy. Did she? Ding, 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 I know ding. she did. What I am is what I am. You what you are. Oh, what? Do you remember <laughs> that I one? Like, I like, I like, I like, I say, uh, in... uh, and of course, you've got Posh Vice with um, Dane Bowers. Yeah, How yeah. do you mind? That was a good song, that. That was great. That was a good song, that. I'm not sure why she chose the lip ring tattoo image. Well, you know. <laughs> wasn't really her, but y- y- I thought uh, it was good. Uh, 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 yeah, no, I, I like that. Well, I'll tell you what, tomorrow we'll do... Um, We'll make it a Spice Girl special. Oh, yeah. We'll do a, we'll do our favourite Spice Girls in reverse order, and then we'll just, just drag that out for three hours. Okay. Uh, in a second, it's going to be Nicholas Bloody Parsons. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. We have um um we are mining a rich 
team of guests at the moment, and well done to Cat. Thank you to all of you that are suggesting guests, and, and, and you can suggest them to me on Twitter or email ian at ianlee.com. If you tweet me them, don't at the person, because we may not like them, and it may not work. Um, and I've had people going, hey, I believe you want to interview me. No. Um, we've, we've had a real rich seam at the moment. We've got, we've got Jimmy Tarbot, we've got pre-recorded, we've got uh, Jill Gibson, who was the fifth mama and papa. Um, but we, um, we spoke to Nicholas Parsons last week, and I, I wasn't quite sure how it would go. What with him being 93, and, and, but boy, oh boy, oh boy. We got some really interesting stuff. Did you know he'd been on the Ed Sullivan show several times? I didn't, and I've never heard him asked about it. So sit back and enjoy me having a chat with Nicholas Bloody Parsons. Uh, Nicholas, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. You, you are, a, you know, you're a national institution, a comedy legend, um, and I absolutely love you on Just a Minute. Uh, f- how long has that been going for now? 40, 40-odd years, isn't it? No, 50 years. Is it? This year we celebrate our 50th anniversary. Flipping heck. I mean- I know it is flipping heck because it's almost difficult to believe. I can't quite believe I did the original pilot. Yeah. And I'm still doing the same show. <laughs> and I haven't missed a single one. Over 900 performances. You've never had a sick day? No, no, no. You don't in our business. You're a bit off colour. You still go into work. It's beautiful because it's so simple. A lot of these game shows and quizzes and panel shows, they're all a bit complicated. But it's just so simple, isn't it? Well, basically, yes, it's simple, but it, what makes it work is having fun within a yeah. very simple format. Yeah. I mean, we have refined it as the years have gone by. It was much more complicated when we started. Ian Messiter, who created the original game, uh, had all kinds of inhibiting factors. In, it. in fact, the pilot, if you're interested, yeah, go on. Was, a, was a disaster. Oh, really? The BBC didn't want it. Well, it wasn't good. <laughs> it really was not good. We were stumbling all over the place. Because Ian Messiter, yeah. in order to make it sound better, gave us inhibiting rounds where they couldn't use the, a prep, a certain preposition. Oh, another really? Another round where you couldn't use a pronoun. Another round where you couldn't <laughs> use plurals. And it was, they were stopping and starting and having, and the BBC had said no. And thanks to the very clever young producer we had called David Hatch, mm. just joined us from Cambridge, and he saw the potential, and he fought for it. And actually laid his job on the line, I've been told. Yeah. So he got the first series, not because they thought it was any good, but because they wanted to keep David Hatch on the, <laughs> yeah. on the staff. Uh, uh, and then he changed things a lot. Yeah. And I wasn't, also another interesting story, I wasn't the original choice for chairman. Oh, go on, who was? Well, I was going to be Jimmy Edwards. Oh, really? It was a good choice, because Jimmy was doing a program then called Does the Team Think? Yeah. With other comedians, you know, all ad-libbing and so forth. And... Um, but the thing was that I don't think Jimmy really wanted to do it. I took Ian, I knew Ian, he was a great personal friend. Yeah. I took his idea up to the BBC because I wanted to do some more improvised comedy, mm. which I'd been, I just won an award with a program called um, Listen to This Space, which I created, which was a breakthrough in, uh, in, in the comedy world of television. You know, it was a satire show. Yeah. It was the first satire show on radio. And I wanted to get back to do some more improvised comedy. And so it was, I was going to be on the panel. And Jimmy was going to be chairman. And he was never available when they wanted to do it. So David Hatch came to me and said, Nicholas, 
Um, I've got an offer to make. Would you please be the chairman for the pilot? I said, no, David, please. I don't want that job. I'm not right for it. <laughs> I said, please, please, don't give it to me. He said, I'll do a deal with you. You be chairman for the pilot, and if we get the series, you can go on to the panel. Derek Nimmo's free, so we get him. Fine. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, and so I did the pilot, and it wasn't. It was such a disaster. And then after he managed to persuade the BBC to give him his first series. Yeah. He came to me again and said, Nicholas, I've got a series now of just a minute, and I've had to fight for it. There was only one thing in the pilot they quite liked, and that was your chairman. <laughs> Fantastic. And then we finished the gag, yeah. and I said, but David, I was awful. He said, I know, but so was everybody else. <laughs> anyway, you don't in show business if you get offered a good job. Turn it down, and you know, you, you, you just find a way yeah. to use your professional experience, all that you've got over the years, and make that show work for you and work for yourself. And you, I mean, some of the guests you've had on there have been, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Rob Ryden, Tim Brooke Taylor, oh, Kenneth no, Williams, no, John Junkin. Absolutely, from the name, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of stellar list of show business yeah. just recently. Al Murray came on, I mean, Graham Norton, who comes on quite frequently. Oh, he's yeah, brilliant. Graham, who's wonderful. I mean, Graham doesn't need to do that to increase his bank balance. He comes on because he loves to do the show. Yeah. I think one of the reasons they enjoyed Paul Merton, who's our regular, did say, he said, the thing is, you don't have to do any preparation. Yeah. You just arrive and do it. And if you can do it, then it's great fun. And we all have a lot of laughs. And there is a, which I try to generate, it's like a sort of orchestra trying to generate the fun. And, and there is that sense of fun. We're all enjoying ourselves, which is communicated to the audience that and comes communicated across. to the listener. Yeah. And, and I think, that the, you know, the end of it all, they've all had a fun time. Yeah. And they've gone away with a... Oh, and that definitely comes across to the listener. You, you, you're, you're laughing with everybody because, the, you know, it does sound... How long does, do you record the show for? Is, is, is it half an hour or the, does it go on a bit longer? Well, this is one of the things I'm really proud of because most shows nowadays, because uh, they can edit, are over-recorded. Yeah. Ours is almost recorded to time. Wow. He records about maybe 35, 33, 34 yeah. minutes and then he trims down all the gagging and ad-libbing in between to get it. And one of the producers said, he said... You know, I was editing this, I said, it was awful. I was having to leave on the cutting room floor wonderful big laughs. Because you've got to get it down to the yeah. 27 minutes to fit into the slot. So, I mean, I think for safety, he records about 30, 32 minutes or something like that. But basically, it is a live show. Mm. And I believe, because I grew up in live television and mm. radio, when everything was live and nothing was recorded, you couldn't record because they couldn't edit. Mm. And I believe that... Uh, thing about being live, you go out there knowing it's got to be right, and I think that gives you a sort of impetus of free sense, especially adrenaline pumping. Yeah, and I think that's what helps towards the success. Nicholas, I've, I've been reading a lot about you. Um, You're good. I, no, no, I've I've done my research. I, I, one thing that really surprised me, you appeared on the Ed Sullivan show in in America, the show that broke the Beatles. That's right, we what? did it with the Arthur Haynes Arthur show. Haynes? Where, well, how did that come about? That's incredible. Well, Arthur Haynes show, uh, I mean, that again was a first show, it was called um, um, Strike a New Note. It turned into the Arthur Haynes show with Nicholas Parsons. That was a disaster show, but it began when ITV first began, and they had nothing to replace it, because he couldn't take it off. 
And George Black, who was then producing it for ATV, yeah. said, I'm going to get rid of everybody else oh. and keep you and Arthur Haynes, or Arthur Haynes and you, and I think you should do sketches together. He developed then into the Get Happy show, and then by the end of the year, we changed the title. It was the Arthur Haynes show with Nicholas Parsons, and we ran for 10 successful years. Yeah. And then suddenly, it was booked to go on the Ed Sullivan show. We went to uh, New York and did um, six shows. Uh, you know, it was wonderful. We had two weeks over there, and we recorded six different shows. And um, and and I, Ed Sullivan was very complimentary to me because Arthur, there's yeah, a lovely story. It's in the autobiography, but yeah. do you want to hear it? Yeah, please do. Oh, yes. Arthur had decided that as I was getting so much attention, he thought he might change the format. He said, Nicholas, I think we should separate. He said, no hard feelings. It's been wonderful. And I'll do another series with you. Then we go to America. And he said, do you want to do your theatre work? And, and, and I said, well, Arthur, you know, if we, if we become Haynes and Parsons, I'll stick with you forever. And he said, no, no, and, you know, no hard feelings. I think it's been wonderful. And uh, he, he wanted for some reason, I don't know, he felt threatened in some reason, I don't know. Right. So anyway, so what actually happened was that I agreed, we did these shows, but he then, because he was changing when he came back and wanted his friend Dennis, Derek, um, um, there's the noise to go with him. We were booked by his agent as Haynes and Company. Oh. So I wasn't there under my own name of Nicholas Parsons. Yes. And I didn't know this until, um, and, and of course, as I was booked as Haynes and Parsons, uh, Ed Sullivan thought that I was just a sort of uh, secondary person to him and not, not his equal. Yeah. And after we'd done the first run through of the first sketch we did, he walked over and right in front of Arthur, he said, you know, this guy's good. He <laughs> is the best straight man I've ever seen. You want to hold on to him. Don't oh. let him go. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I bet that didn't go down too well. You should have seen Arthur's face. Because <laughs> when we got back, we did go. And, oh. But unfortunately, it, it didn't work for Arthur. He got somebody else who was a very good performer. But the public had got used to Haynes and Parsons. yeah. yeah. And, and his next show went down the tubes, and so did the next summer season. And I landed on my feet, because I was, I was off of the lead in Boeing, Boeing in the West End. And that ran for 15 months. It was wonderful. The, the, one of the things that, um, that made me realise just how funny you are and how talented you are was, it was a long, long time ago, because, of course, I knew you growing up, with, you know, with, with Sale of the Century. Um, and, and that's kind of all I thought you did. And then I saw that well, wonderful... That very long ago, you know, really, in my life. Well, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> but then I saw that brilliant comic strip you did with Rick Mail and Adrian Edmondson. Oh, oh Nicholas amazing, Bloody amazing. Parsons. Yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful, wasn't it? It was so delightful. Peter Cook, of course. What, what, how did that... Did you, did you just get a phone call saying, is Nicholas free to appear in this show? Yes, it did. My agent phoned me up and said, they want you to do a, a show called The Comic Strip, but Rick Mail called Mr. Johnny Lives Next Door. Yeah. And they sent me the script. And I realised this guy was being sent up absolutely rotten, the lead character. They hadn't, and it hadn't got a name then. And I phoned up and I read the script and I thought oh, it was a very good script. And I said to my agent, I said, it's a great script. Love to do it. And, and the voice came back to me and said, would you really? And I think they'd offered it to one or two people and they'd all turned it down flat. Right, yeah. They weren't prepared to be sent up rotten like that. Mm. But you see, I'd got a lot of experience as a straight man. I worked with Arthur Haynes for ten years, Benny Hill for four years. Yeah. I knew how to take the flack and, and come back and make it funny. Yeah. And so I realized that this was a, a great script and a great situation. And so they were delighted and they were lovely to work with. We had such fun, so many laughs. 
it was it was absolutely delightful and it was it was such a revelation for me as as a young man seeing that and seeing you and also you're right seeing you being able to not everyone can take a joke you know not everyone can 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 have can can, in, can enjoy that kind of ribbing that you got in it well it, it's a technique i think because mm. i was trying to explain to you then that i think all my experience working as a foil or straight yeah. down, uh, to benny hill and to Arthur Haynes uh, taught me how to take it and come back and make it funnier. Yeah. And 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 also, I mean, Arthur and um, um, Paul Merton does it a lot on Just a Minute yes, he does. with me. Yes. Yes. I mean, he takes the Mickey out. Uh, listening to it tonight, with there was a recording went on. He was happy there. At one point, he made the most outrageous remark about me, and the audience roared with laughter. <laughs> but you see, I, I, I don't know what it is. It's some way of taking the insult, mm. riding with it. Showing the audience you enjoy it as much as they do. I mean, I said to him, I said, oh, you are absolutely incorrigible. <laughs> and I think I'm extremely generous. Actually, it was so funny, I'm going to give you a bonus point. You know, it's a round of applause. It's, um, I don't know what it is. It's just something I can do. do. I, I learned it. Mm. Show business is a learning curve all the time. You are always, every time you go out and do a show, you're learning if you're... Uh, if your antennae are there, you get little wrinkles come to you from your performance, and you find how to polish and hone everything that you mm. do. And I've always had that attitude, and so um, I've evolved a way of working with a comic and um, um, taking the flack if they want to give it to me, and coming back and being funny myself. How did you get into it, Nicholas? Did you always want to be in showbiz, and were your parents supportive of that? No, no, they did everything to stop me. Really? Yeah. Well, you see, I was born at a time, you didn't do what you wanted, you yeah. did as you were told. Yeah. I came from a successful, professional, middle-class family, and um, I, I wanted to be an actor from the earliest age, but I, my, all my family were professionals. They either took a, a trade or a, a professional, the doctors and lawyers and other people. And when I said I wanted to be an actor, my mother, my father's reaction was, oh, it was very typical of the age, he said, Oh, don't be ridiculous. That's not a proper job. Mm. And my mother was horrified because she thought everybody in the entertainment or the or theatre, she called it, was either debauched or depraved or <laughs> degenerate. <laughs> and, yeah. and I said to her one time, I said, but mother, I don't understand. You, you love going to the theatre. And she said, yes, I do. And you admire people like Lawrence Olivia and Sybil Thorndike and Peggy Ashcroft and other people like that. I said, I said yes, well, do you think they're all like the people you've described? She said, no, but isn't it a pity they have to work with those sort of people? And so I knew I wasn't going to get anywhere. And because I've always been very capable with my hands, mm. creating things and building things, uh, I had a lot of clock. I had this clock program recently, which was based on the fact they knew I repaired and put together grandfather clocks. Wow. And my parents realized that I had this, uh, I call it another type of creativity. It's creativity with your hands. Mm. And they thought, well, maybe he should be an engineer. And they got in touch with the relations we have in Scotland, who got in touch with friends, and they found, they knew some person who ran a, a firm on Clydebank called Drysdale's who made pumps and turbines. And, and I, next thing I knew, they were for me to begin an engineering apprenticeship on Clydebank. Wow. Well, quite frankly, I didn't give a damn if I wasn't going to be an actor. Didn't give a damn what I did. Yeah. And the next thing is during the war, just started in 1940, January, uh, just got my matric, which was the equivalent. I was actually eligible to go to university. I was just over 16. Mm. And I was on a train going up to Glasgow and in the blackout, the war. And I found myself some dinks and a boiler suit. 
And the next day I was on a, the green tram car going down to Yoker on Clydebank. I thought I'd entered another world. Mm. I didn't understand what they were talking about to begin with. Oh, Paul, you know, it's all right for you, but you know, they were all fine, I don't know, and then they were like, oh, I shouldn't, oh, well. And anyway, I mean, but again, I think it's the actor in you. Yeah. If you're going to survive in that environment, you've got to find a way to make a rapport, a relationship with them. And I found a way to do it. I mean, they, they found me entertaining. I could make the gaffers and the foreman and so on. I became a mate. I remember one of them saying to me, he said, hey, wait, I ask you, should, um, are you a bosses man? And I realized what they were after. And I said, no, 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 I don't know the bosses at all. Of course, I knew them. They got me the job. I said, because that's all right, Nicholas. I mean, you're okay. You muck in. You, you, you become one of the lads. You know, you make us laugh as well. Because, I mean, that's it. You're a mate. Because if you were a bosses man, we'd crucify you. <laughs> Can you imagine surviving under those circumstances? <laughs> but I did. It's one of the few things I'm really proud of. Yeah. I did five years there. Mm. Five years. And um, it went into all the different departments. And I am actually a qualified marine and mechanical engineer. You could still do it now? No, not now. No. I wouldn't know. Uh, yeah. Did you ever... W- w- when you... Beca- when I don't... You say I couldn't do it. I've got the ability to do it. Yes. But the things change. Yes. Automatically, things change. I mean... Um, Technology changes and uh, mechanical things change and improve and so forth. I, I, <coughs> excuse me. I don't know when you, when your parents passed, Nicholas, and I wondered if if, if they did see you become successful. Oh, if, yes, if they ever th- and, and did, they, did you get that well done, they son? Embraced it. Yeah. No, they never said well done. They just thought I was still mad. Um, oh. <laughs> but, but they still came, supported me and came to see my shows and everything like that. Yes, yeah. Of course they did. They accepted it. Um, and you're still doing just a minute, and it's it's still hilarious. You still do your shows up in Edinburgh. Is there anything looking back, Nicholas, that that, that you haven't done yet that you'd still like to do? Well, I've done a lot of things. I, I began to direct and make short films for the cinema and little documentaries. And I, I and actually, I think if you do a lot, you begin to learn how to make things and tell other people how to do it. And I would love to have directed one. I've directed one or two plays. Yes. My friend Eric Nimmo used to send productions out to the far east of the different hotels. And I produced a couple of plays for him. And I would love to have done more directing. But if you're going... It's got so specialised, our profession. Yeah. If I'd said, listen, I'm going to stop acting and become a director. You, you can't do both, but... I mean, I, I thought it was too much of a gamble. Yeah. I'm, I'm secure as an actor. I'm getting What documentaries work. did you make, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, yeah, they were in the cinema. There was a time in the, um, in the 60s when they were taking, um, or in the 70s particularly, when they were taking uh, uh, documentaries. Yeah. In fact, there was a thing called the ED money, and it was a very good idea. A certain amount of money had to be taken from every distributor and put into a fund to help young, or not to say young, aspiring filmmakers. Right. So there was a little bit of cash available. And so if you wanted to go out and make it, and the, the, the distributors had to have a short, which was anything up to 30 minutes yeah. in the cinema. And so they were obliged to do it. And unfortunately, Margaret Thatcher, who was always from, you know, um, what was the word they used? Was it cost-effective? She's looked into this and said, uh, is he making any money? Is he cost-effective? No, it isn't, but it's a wonderful way of helping and encouraging yeah. you and aspiring young filmmakers. Oh, she did not making a profit. Cancel it. And, of course, the distributors were delighted because they didn't have to give a little bit of money back. 
and so it all finished. But while that was on, I made about three. There was one I made to help the charity I've worked for ever since, uh, you know, since it almost started, the Lord's Taverners. Mm. And I uh, finally played cricket in Corfu. <laughs> and so I decided to do a cricket match and showed them playing in Blenheim, which was always the first game of the season. Because they had a lot of celebrities, far more celebrities yeah. playing for them than they do now. And, um, and then I took a whole team with some wonderful players, John Cleese, John Alderton, Brian Ricks. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and we went to this team with three professional players out, and I fixed it all. I went out there, planned it all, and we, we filmed a cricket match wow. out in Corfu. And we had them all fooling around and playing the game as well. And, um, and we called it Mad Dogs, as I called it Mad Dogs and Cricketers. Fantastic. But I was the producer, the director, and everything. Yeah. And I was in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were. And it worked very well. And actually it's now on, I think it's on YouTube, because I gave a copy to the Lord's Tavernous Charity, and they, in order to publicize what they do, I think they've given it to the um, YouTube, so people can see it, actually. Very successful film. Then they did one about their golf, mm. another one about the British life. I called, called it Terribly British. And uh, another one about, um, oh, a number of things I made. And so um, I, I enjoy doing that. Nicholas, um, it, uh, listen, I'm going to let you go, because I can hear you've got Coronation Street on in the background. I don't want you to miss no, that. No, no, my wife will hear oh. Coronation Street. <laughs> can you hear it? Can you hear I, it? I, I heard the theme tune coming back in after the adverts. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, that was my wife. She, she, she loves soups. I mean, don't worry it, about it, that. It, 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 it's a great show, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's a, it's a crack. Have you ever been in Coronation Street? No, I've never been in any, any of the soups. No? Never asked me, no. Uh, I can I imagine you strolling so down there. Well. Now, that's one of the few things I haven't done. Mm. Um... Because now, in no, because when I was younger, they didn't have people who are known elsewhere no. in the soaps. Now they do, because they've all been in them, haven't they? Uh, Ian Lavender and, uh, and, and, and Les Dennis and others. Oh, I, and, I can imagine you ordering a pint in, in, in uh, the, the Queen Vic in EastEnders or something. <laughs> I can imagine that. Um, Nicholas, it's such a thrill to talk to you. I, I, honestly, I just think you're absolutely fantastic. Keep going. and um, Not at all. I look forward to, uh, to more just a minute. Thank you so much for your time, Nicholas. And by the way, yes, I mean, sir. plug it. I mean, Go on. I have written a book. Go oh, plug it, plug just it. A minute, about, about just a minute. called, um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, Welcome to Just a Minute, which is a phrase I used at the beginning. Yes. And that's still available in paperback. It was a, came out in hardback. I did the memoirs just a few years previously, which was, um, you know, my life in comedy. And uh, I still do my one-man comedy show around the country. I'm up for the... Um, Oxford Festival uh, the, in April, so I do my comedy show. Do you never feel like like having, just retiring and having a rest? Has that yeah, ever I been think, an option? I think, I'd, I think I'd fall down and die. Yeah. I mean, I do believe that if you keep yourself going and use your brain, it helps to keep you young. Yeah. And I think it's very important to people to have that attitude because you hear of people who've done the same job for many years and then they retire, whoops, and they just potter about and then they fade away. I think you've got to keep using your grey matter, and that helps to keep you young and keeps you going. Oh, I think, and, and I, do, I hope this doesn't sound patronising, I think you are genuinely an inspiration. Well, are you 93 now, and you're still, you're keeping mm. up with people like Paul Merton and Josie Lawrence, and yeah, you're, you're, you're seeing them head to head, you know. <laughs> well, that's, thank you for the compliment, but yeah, I think, um, well, if you keep on the ball, then I think there's no reason why you shouldn't. Nicholas, bless you, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Take care. Lovely to be on Talk Radio, and best wishes to all your faithful, loyal listeners, <laughs> and you should have more and more of them. <laughs> Thank you, Nicholas. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night.